When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to rock! Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WBC. New Jersey, Connecticut, everybody listening on the 77 WABC app, all over the world, the country, the ships at sea, you name it, back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, also heard on uh, News Talk 107.1 FM, out on Eastern Long Island, out in the Hamptons, Hampton Bays and Points East, and on your smart TVs, WABCradio.tv, your computers, again, WABCradio.tv, on this Wednesday, April 27th. Happy Hump Day, the last week of April. Next week is May, ladies and gentlemen. Next week, Sid, next week is May. How do you like that, my brother? Are you happy? No, I'm in a you're horrible mood today. No, I'm in a never horrible happy. mood. My God. Oh, my. Oh, oh Jesus. I'm in a what, what, terrible what, what, mood. What, did you get splashed on the ferry coming over here? What happened? <laughs> you see what he did there? Uh, no. Uh, there's a few things that happened. I mean, you know, today oh, is. Uh, get to him. Today is a Holocaust Remembrance Day, which is very, very sad. And, and not to put it in the same sentence, but the Rangers lost to Carolina last night. But something happened yesterday. Hello. Yep. You can't put that in the same sentence. <laughs> I just did. But something okay. uh, happened yesterday that I will bring up in the 7 o'clock hour that okay. was so disappointing to me and uh, to many, many of the finest and bravest in this city. But, again, I will save that for later on this morning when we're done covering the big news of the day. But I know you, Bernie, very, very well, as well as anybody outside my wife, Danielle, and uh, I think you're going to be appalled. Not upset, not angry, appalled. Lewis, is appalled. that fair to say? I, I, uh, I was in shock. In actually. shock, right? So, wow. Yeah. So you don't want to see oh you don't want to see Sid this morning. No. He is raging. I am raging. Yeah, but good, I am good. sorry to hear that. Yeah, I'm for a good reason, question. too. Well, let me just say that's a damn good tease. It's a damn good tease. Damn, damn good tease. I'm going to go outside a good and radio listen. Tease. <laughs> All right, so before we you – know, let, let's ease into uh, – well, the big news, of course, is it, it really it's the, the same news as yesterday. I mean, it's Elon Musk. It's, uh, you know, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, the same same nonsense. Oh, there's one big, big uh, showdown. This is going to be great. I'll get into this in the next half hour. This uh, I believe he's a former NFL guy. You ever hear this guy, Jack Brewer? Yeah, he's a former NFL guy. I think he played for the Giants and the Vikings. He's a black guy on Fox News. Is that right? Yes, he, and he really is a great, good, 
good-hearted guy. Yeah. And he takes care of uh, young black boys. He's a real Christian guy. I mean, just just, just so you know, he did play in the NFL, but it was uh, not exactly an Eli Manning-type career. Just saying. <laughs> well, let's just put it this way. Okay, no, he didn't have a great career, but no. uh, I will say this. What he's doing post his NFL career, uh, uh, you know, trumps exponentially whatever he could have done Agreed. in the NFL. He's yes. really, really a good guy. And this, uh, this, this, this ugly witch, uh, ugly on the inside and on the outside, you make your own decisions, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this Joy Reid just went after him in a vicious, nasty, ugly way, and he is going back at her. Pulling no punches. We'll get into that a little bit later. And just so people know, to... why that's great is because, again, to reiterate, Jack Brewer played for the Vikings, the Giants, and the Eagles. He is a black man, so he can go after Joy Reid as hard as he wants, and she cannot claim racism, the racist that she is, because he's a black man, so he should kick her right in the teeth. He really should. I mean, what she did and said about him was just absolutely, and, and the, uh, the boys that he, that he mentors, that he takes care of, out of his own pocket, out of his own time, was absolutely, utterly repulsive and gross, just like she is. Uh, so anyway, I'm going to get into that next half hour. So before we get into some of this uh, this heavy news, uh, you talk about being in a bad mood, and we talked about Wheel of Fortune yesterday, of all the things to talk about. Yeah. Uh, last night on Wheel of Fortune, poor little uh, Vanna White, uh, you know, uh, America's sweetheart, Vanna White, I think she's 65 years old now, believe it or not. She looks it again. Anyway, uh, take take it easy. Take it easy. Look, she uh, God, on you, the air. Why, why do you love? Like, you always defend her. Like, you listen, love her. She, she, you know what it is? No, I don't. She's, she is sugar and spice and everything. That she, There's she, nothing not to like about her. She's innocuous. She's harmless. Harmless. She smiles. <laughs> I mean, she, she does nothing wrong. Really. I, I know, but she, she, I just, you know, she's all and that. People, she, she makes people happy. She makes all these old people that watch Wheel of Fortune happy every night. So Fine. anyway, anyway, last night she's stop on the describing air. her as hot. She's not hot. She's not. I a, know, who, now, when did I ever say she was hot? Well, you haven't. But the whole the, that that is basically all this. This the hot lady turning the letter. She's never been hot. Never. That that's where I get aggravated. Well, well yeah, I mean, you're just bringing something up that, that wasn't even introduced. Wasn't even uh, on the periphery of this conversation whatsoever uh, <laughs> about her uh, about her looks. Anyway, so la- last night on Wheel of Fortune, towards the end. Uh, this happened. This is cut 24. This is poor Vanna White, poor baby. Anyway, listen to what happened. Cut 24, Lou. It's always sad when someone loses the pet and Vanna's cat, Stella, passed away. Yes, she did. She was such a big member of our family, and she's going to be missed so much and love her to death. We, uh, I know I, I've teased you a little bit about Stella over the years, but it, we always loved hearing about her. Well, thanks for sharing with us over the years. Uh, we appreciate that. And so, so sorry about that. Yeah. And uh, we will see you tomorrow. So thanks, she actually st- broke, broke out into tears. She started crying. Poor Vanna White. So anyway, th- there's that. She <laughs> suffered a hor- horrific loss of poor Vanna White. I want to give her a hug. The nation wants to give her a hug. And I know, Sid Rosenberg, at this point, you want to give her a hug as well because you were moved because of her dead cat. You've lost dogs in the past. So there was that last night. There I hate that cats. Moving. I hate cats. I wasn't well, moved at all. I hate cats. I, I wasn't moved like at all. Cats either. Yeah, I wasn't don't moved like at all. Don't like cats yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. I felt, uh, worse right, for, so. I felt worse for Pat Zajac when a couple of nights ago they took him to task because he actually intimated that Vanna White has seen the opera in the buff. And he's getting to letters to, to ABC to fire yeah, him. I, I actually felt worse for him. That's so stupid. They're never going to fire him. But, uh, yeah, the tide is turning on this uh, PC woke nonsense of, Nobody's getting fired anytime soon unless they really step deeply on the third rail. 
because things are changing. As a matter of fact, down in Florida, you're going to like this as well. Uh, somebody in Florida in this, uh, I forget which county it was, but uh, somebody broke into somebody's house, and the, the homeowner shot the burglar, shot and killed the burglar, and was afraid to call the police because he thought he would be arrested for shooting the burglar. And uh, this cop, uh, Sergeant Bob Johnson, he's like the bigwig in the county, he held a press conference, and he wanted to reassure people, if a burglar comes into your house, listen to what he said. Cut 12, please, Lou. If somebody's breaking in your house, you're more than welcome to shoot them in Santa Rosa County. We prefer that you do, actually. <laughs> there you go. Santa Rosa County, Florida, shoot them. We prefer that you shoot them. Now, that's a beautiful thing. That's a feel-good thing. And Florida, pretty much the only state in the nation, really, that would just overtly come out and say that. Then he says, listen, if you're afraid of, uh, you know, you don't have your uh, training, enough training, cut 13, Sergeant Bob Johnson actually reassured people, no, don't worry, I got you. Go ahead, play it, Lou. We have a gun safety class we put on every other Saturday, and if you take that, you'll shoot a lot better, and hopefully you'll save the taxpayers money. So there you go. If, you, if you're worried about missing somebody, maybe you're going to shoot your wife instead of the burglar. What? Uh, come down to us, and we'll train you. So that, that's what we have in Florida. This is the big turnaround. Shoot the burglars. Remember I told you Ron DeSantis, he was like, you know, you have some, uh, you have some looters outside your store. They're coming at you. Shoot to kill. Shoot to kill. If you have some looters, if you have some protesters <laughs> yeah. surrounding you in the streets, I you're know. in your car, yeah. you can run them over. Run them over and kill them, and I got yeah. your back. You're not going to be charged. You know, you are that, funny. You are funny. Well, I, I spent well, 16 I, I years. I spent 16 years living in Boca Raton. I'm the only schmuck who, close to 50 years old, actually came north, right? Everybody else is heading south. Me, I came north because I was bored to death and was dying to work with you. And by the way, it turned out to be the best decision I've ever made outside of marrying Danielle. Uh, but for years, you made fun of me. Oh, the humidity. They have bugs there the size of airplanes. Who wants to live in Florida? And all you do now every day is make love to the state of Florida. Every day. You're so right. You are so right. I love Florida. And I did. I, I despised it. I loathed it. Flying cockroaches. The humidity. I couldn't stand and, and by the way, a bunch of crazy people down in Florida as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, for yeah. some reason, the loons head to Florida. But these days, uh, you know, you can put up with the loons because uh, everywhere else sucks. Well, it depends where you go. The West Coast, for example, those are laid back, Gullium. All they want to do is fish and go on their boat. They don't want to bother with anybody. The East Coast, that's Long Island on steroids. Palm Beach County, down to Fort Lauderdale. These are all your people, Bernie, that moved to Florida and somewhere at about 32,000 feet. They go from New Yorkers to complete jerk-offs. And those, that's the East Coast of, uh, of South Florida. Oh, the East Coast. Okay, yeah, all right. Uh, well, I, I, what about the panhandle up there? Uh, that, that's where the, uh, the rednecks are, right? That's, uh, yes, yes. That's where, that's where Joe Scarborough came from when his eyes are too close and they were like, really beating. <laughs> yeah, Chuck like, Todd like, actually is from there, too, from Pensacola. But that's, you know what that is, Bernie? That's uh, a lot of horse farms up there, a lot of uh, beautiful uh, horses and stables and all those types of things as you head to the northern part of the state, which includes Gainesville, we have University of Florida, and then, of course, uh, Tallahassee, where you have Florida State. It's a great state, and Ron DeSantis at this point has absolutely distinguished himself as the best governor in the country. Uh, w without a doubt. So, so much so, he's giving really giving Donald Trump a run for his money. A lot of time left to decide. No, no, no rush. No reason to put yourself in harm's way with the with Trump supporters by saying, 
You know what? I'm going to go with DeSantis over Trump. No need to do any of that. Plenty of time. Here in the city, uh, Eric Adams, I believe he, what he gave yesterday was called the State of the City Address. And he was talking about his first 100 days in office. Uh, this is cut 27. This is what Eric Adams said yesterday about his first 100 days. Uh, uh, play it, Lou, please. The 110th mayor of the great city of New York, Mayor Eric Adams. This city is strong because New Yorkers have never been stronger. We've been through a lot. We have struggled and survived. But when you hear people say, we don't need our police, let me tell you right here and right now, I will support my police, and we will make our city a safe city. This is the biggest housing investment in generations, and it will impact many generations to come. You go, guy. You go. I'm That's so right. Go, Eric I Adams. said it. I'm so sick he of him. He said it. Oh, he said Eric nothing. Adams supports the police. No, it's Come great. on. Good. Good. Meanwhile, crime, by the way, yeah. is up so, so like, it, it's up over a year under de Blasio a year ago. It's up, like, I think 65% of some wild, fantastic figure. Subway is unbelievable. It's like, it's like 150% on the subway. And, um, yeah, Miss Bill de Blasio. He went from being the worst mayor ever to being significantly better when it comes to crime than this guy. <laughs> it really it's, it's, it's mind boggling. I mean, here here is the uh, former uh, black cop. Uh, it's going to come save the city, and the city is like uh, is, is 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 twice as worse off as it, is, it was under De Blasio uh, and, a year and, ago. And, and look, too, as much as I bash Eric Adams and whatever he says, though, like he said yesterday, great way to go, Eric, way to go. But uh, to be uh, to be fair, it's not his fault. I mean, when he says go out there and arrest people, which he's done, to Eric Adams' credit, and the cops arrest twelve people. And in a matter of 15, 20 minutes, 11 of those people are out. That's not Eric's fault. That goes back to Albany and the governor and the legislature and all those other folks up there in Albany. So, you know, it's not really Eric Adams' fault that the the crime is skyrocketing. He's saying the right things. He seems to want to combat crime. But the truth is, he's got no power. He's got nothing. Well, he, he kind of does with uh, the anti-crime units. Instead of, uh, you know, having them go out there half neutered uh, with IDs on and stuff like that and worrying about semantics when it comes to, uh, you know, bringing back broken windows. No, I didn't. I want to I want to be clear. I did not bring back broken windows. Yes, you did. And you should bring it back full throatedly instead of being ashamed to, to use the same words that were used when lives, black lives were being saved in this city. Under Mayor Giuliani, Ray Kelly, Bloomberg, Bill Bratton, don't be afraid. So in that sense, he is sort of guilty of not, uh, you know, full-throatedly going after crime when he could. I mean, he could have done it from day one, Im- implementing broken windows and that, that anti-crime unit, what he calls it anti-gun unit. Uh, I mean, again, 11 out of 12 people were arrested with guns. 11 out of 12 were, were released from jail, and they were arrested with guns. Now, at that point, he should be naming and shaming, as I've said, ad nauseum uh, for months now. He should be naming and shaming Carl Heasty, Andrea Stewart-Cousins. He's got the bully pulpit. He's on all these TV shows. He can do it. He can shame them. He can go in there and, uh, you know, you know, like with the, like, remember uh, Johnny Cochran with the bloody glove? Yeah. Go in there with some bloody clothing item of a victim and say, this is you, uh, Carl Heasty. This is you, Andrea Stewart-Cousins. He could really make a difference in that sense because it is that urgent and people are dying. 
And those people, as aforementioned, uh, state legislators and others, do have blood on their hands. And he could, I, I think he could affect change with just his words. I know he's not, uh, he, he, he can't by vote, you know, he, he's not directly uh, able to control anything with a vote. you got the city council, the state legislator, le- legislature, excuse me. But he could do it with his words. Look, he's so a, he, in, in that he, sense, he he's, can. he's culpable. That's fair, but he's a walking conflict. At the end of the day, uh, whether you want to admit this or not, he's a walking conflict. Because I do think in his heart of hearts, he wants to be a great mayor. He wants to uh, beat crime in this city. I do think he wants to do all that. But at the same time, he is not willing to sacrifice his political future. And his political future is saying things like, I'm the Joe Biden of Brooklyn, and sitting next to Kathy Hochul at funerals and uh, basically uh, mugging up to her. So he's a walking conflict. He wants to do well, but he puts the party before it, and therefore you can never trust that this guy will ever really get it done. You say walking conflict. I could make it more pejorative by saying he's a walking hypocrite Yes, uh, is, what, is what he could be. Hey, listen, on this show uh, this morning, we're going to speak to uh, a guy who I happen to, I think, is fantastic, terrific. Sid Bookham, his name is Jason Whitlock. He's coming up next hour. Of course, we're going to speak to one of the greatest statesmen in the uh, Northeast region uh, to come down the pike in years. His name is Congressman Peter King, former Congressman Peter King. So we're going to speak to those two gentlemen. Anybody else lined up, Sid? That's it for today. So far, we may have one more surprise guest, but uh, Jason Whitlock and Peter King, that's a damn good Wednesday on Bernie and Sid. You're damn right it is, Sid Rosenberg. You're damn right it is. 1-800-848-9222 is the number on the Bernie and Sid show on this Wednesday, April 27th. we got a lot of show to come, folks. Hang around. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Nick Kershaw, wouldn't it be good at 627 on your hump day Wednesday morning? Got a big show coming up, as uh, Bernie pointed out in that great first segment. Congressman Peter King will be here at 7, uh, 840, I should say. He's on 840 every Wednesday now, and uh, 740 Jason Whitlock. And I did tell you that I'm not in a very good mood today. And I do mean that. I'm not, I'm not just trying to be overdramatic for the show. Uh, because it was something that happened in my life yesterday that was so disappointing that I just, I can't even believe it. And neither can my whole staff, and quite frankly, neither can a lot of folks uh, in this city. And I'll tell you about it coming up at 7 o'clock. I do expect the streets by my house to be lined with uh, firemen, about 15,000 men and women expected to line the streets coming up this Friday before Timothy Klein's funeral. And by the way, that is uh, the essence of what I want to talk about later on this morning. But you did mention, Bernie, that... um you like Jason Whitlock. Jason and I worked together back in uh, the early 2000s in Kansas City when I was first syndicated, actually back in 1999 with Scott Kaplan, out of uh, two different houses, Sports Fan Radio Network and Joel Hollander, Westwood One. 
one of our most successful markets was Kansas City. And uh, we did a couple of shows from Kemper Arena from the uh, the Big 12 College Basketball Championship. And at the time, Jason Whitlock was just a local sports guy on 610 AM in Kansas City. No ESPN yet, none of this monster stardom he's enjoying today. And we became very, very close. In fact, I told you that when Scott and I came to Kansas City as part of our Party with the People tour, uh, Jason Whitlock gave me and Danielle matching Fendi watches to welcome us to Kansas City going back 20-plus years ago. So we've had a nice relationship yeah. all these years. No, no, listen, and here I remember is. when you first brought him on, how uh, you know how familiar you were with him, how close you guys were, and I was very impressed. Yeah, well, thank because you. He, he uh, had risen at that point on Fox uh, Sports, and uh, you guys were you guys were tight. You were like uh, you know homeboys, you know. So I was very impressed by that. Well, it's funny how again we were just kind of sports guys, right? I mean, it came on his show to talk about who the Chiefs were going to draft with the NFL draft coming up tomorrow night. And now you're right; he's risen to incredible stardom doing this. And I've had my fair share of stardom now with you doing this. So uh, a few of the guys have done that. Clay Travis has done that at one point. Keith Olbermann. Went from a sports guy to a big-time political guy. But here's how big Jason Whitlock has gotten. He's on all the time with uh, the guy that I think is the best in the business now. So do you, Tucker Carlson. And he was on with Tucker just two nights ago, Bernie, talking about the Elon Musk takeover of Twitter. So before Jason Whitlock comes on with us at 740, here's what Jason said to Tucker Carlson a couple of nights ago, courtesy of Fox News. We're looking at political climate change. And the left is losing its mind. They ignored the warnings from the Tea Party. They ignored the warnings from the MAGA movement. They ignored the warnings delivered in a big, powerful way on January the 6th. And now they have to deal with the ramifications of that. That's the uh, the first one. That's the first one. not, not, Not that it matters, but that was last night. Oh, last night, I did say two yeah. nights ago. I stand corrected. You're right. Sorry, uh, Bernie. It does matter. Thank you for that. Here he talks about uh, the Democrats. This is cut to, once again, Tucker Carlson, Jason Whitlock, courtesy of Fox News. People like Elon Musk, hats off to him. Man with the money is fed up with their censorship and their tactics and the whole climate around media, the woke media, CNN Plus collapsed. Rachel Maddow running away from her TV show. Netflix collapsing, losing subscribers. We're in the middle of the climate change that America needs, and the left is losing its mind. Don't look. They're all scared. And finally, talking about scared, Bernard, this is the third and final cut. Jason Whitlock again, Tucker Carlson, courtesy of Fox News last night, talking about how the Democrats love to instill panic in the American people. I just delight in the fear that it's caused and the panic that it's caused among the left that he's over the target. This is incredible. This is an incredible time to live and to witness this. They, they've ignored all the warning, the, the, the right. warning signs that this was coming, that people were eventually going to rise up and say, you can't feed me lies forever. You That's can't right. convince you can't intimidate me and send out your Antifa thugs and Black Lives Matter thugs and terrorize our cities and get away with it forever. The storm is coming. I'm just happy to be a witness to it. So much like you were talking about earlier, Bernard, Jack Brewer going after Joy Weed, he can do that because he's a black man, and uh, he can't be called a racist at that point. He can be called an Uncle Tom, but not a racist. It was nice to hear Jason Whitlock call BLM members 
thugs, white or black, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, it was really good. Uh, hey, listen, this that was the essence of uh, those were the essences of my sen- sentiments yesterday. That we're winning. We're actually winning, as he pointed out. We're over the target. On uh, he he mentioned. Uh, I believe he mentioned Netflix. He didn't mention Disney, but uh, he, did, he yeah, did mention Netflix, not Disney. Yes, right. But 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 that's what I was saying yesterday. I mentioned Netflix, Disney, uh, CNN Plus, uh, the mask mandate. Things are changing. Everything is turning around. We're winning the culture wars. This is the year. This is the pivotal, uh, crucial year that we're going to take back this country from the woke tards, the lunatic, America hating woke tards. And he's enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. A lot of people are enjoying it. And it's over for these creeps. They went way, way too far. They overplayed their hands, and uh, we're winning. And and I'm loving it. And it was as, as Elon Musk buying Twitter was really the icing on the cake. Sid Rosenberg, I, I guess uh, we're going to do the uh, clip of the day right now because uh, yes. Well, l- 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 this is the clip of the day. I mean, pardon me, I didn't see you, and I, I can't tell when you stopped talking. So uh, my bad, my bad, all y'all. Listen to Let Me Tell You with Joan Hamburg on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Download wherever you get your podcasts. Here, Joan talks about Melissa Rivers' relationship with her mother. Lies my mother told me, tall tales from a short woman, is really funny. And it's Joan, and it's this mother-daughter joined at the hip. Did you ever feel like you were the deserted kid or no? Oh, God, no. My parents were the parents that made it to every game. And when you're a teenager, you're like, oh, please stop already. I never felt that way at all. Even as an adult, I was like, God, too much. Like, leave me alone. (laughs) On the Red Apple Podcast Network. I love Tom Petty, don't get me wrong, and I love this song, but I'm waiting on Bernard to come back and bring us back from break. By the way, I'll uh, send a quick shout-out now, until he does. To, uh, I'm here, bro. All right, let me do my quick shout-out now. Then uh, my, my electrician, a guy that's a super guy, a uh, big neighborhood guy, everybody loves him, listening right now, just got turned on to Bernie and Sid a couple of weeks ago when he started doing electrical work at my new house, Joe Giacomo, listening right now. In fact, he'll be over later on today to hang my ceiling fan. So uh, thank you, Joe, for hopping aboard. He thinks we're the best show he's ever heard. He's right. Good morning to Joe Giacomo, I should say. Bernie, welcome back, pal. Joe Giacomo sounds like a great guy. 
Uh, yeah, thank you, Sydney. Uh, listen, you know, today, by the way, just a, on a personal note, and it's all part of the uh, protocol. I knew it was coming. But today, uh, I, Monday, I went and I got uh, all set up, mapped out, as they call it, for radiation. I actually get radi- I get a radiation treatment today for the first time. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, Monday, they, like I say, they, 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 they've targeted where it has to be, all this stuff. They actually put tattoos on me. They got to, you know, stick it in here and stick it in there, whatever. And I understand it's only like a 15-minute procedure or something like that. They say it doesn't hurt, but the idea of getting radiation in, uh, especially the area where I'm getting the radiation, it just kind of, uh, it's a little unnerving, if you know what I'm talking about. So, but that's what I'm doing today, just uh FYI, but, can I ask uh, you? Uh, can I ask you? And this is yeah, an, please because I'm ignorant. I'm means, sorry. Sydney. Yes, because I love Go you. Ahead. You know, and you and I. And and again, I just and people ask me a thousand times a day, and I say this is true, and, and you'll attest to this. I don't uh, berate, or I don't, I don't ask Bernie a thousand times a day. I should say, what's going on? What are you doing? What treatments? I don't do that because uh, I love you, and I know you're going to get past this, and I think for you it's got to be depressing at, at some point. So I don't do that all day, but what is, what is the difference between uh, chemotherapy treatments and radiation treatments? Well, uh, listen, I can't articulate it. I'm not one of these people who, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not well-versed on uh, my own treatments. I sort of leave it to the doctor, and I don't want to know, because if I do this, you know, this intensive uh, or extensive research on what they're doing to me, I think to myself, it's going to scare the hell out of you. So I just stay the hell out of it. I let them do what they're going to do. But to answer your question, uh, chemotherapy is, you know, they put uh, certain liquids, certain drugs through your body that are really, uh, well, A, they kill cancer, uh, but B, they also mess up, you know, your, your, your blood cell, white blood cell counts, stuff like that. So it messes you up on, at, at the same time that it's helping you. And that's that's chemotherapy, radiation, and I don't really know because I haven't, I never once Googled radiation, believe it or not. Gotcha. But it just sounds to me like uh, you know something, uh, you know something uh, electronic or I don't know what that they stick in you and it kills things. I just don't. I really, honestly, don't know. It's just something uh, that gives me the willies. But a lot of people get get it and uh, they say it's no problem. They go through it and then they get better and blah blah blah. It works. Uh, but anyway, that's what I'm doing today later on in the day for the first time, again, after uh, getting prepped on Monday for it. So uh, so there you go. That's the extent of my knowledge, and uh, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be here tomorrow, and I'm going to sound just like I sound now. But uh, the baby in me is just uh, a little apprehensive. That's all. So, listen, let me just say this. Remember yesterday I was pissed off at your boyfriend, David Muir, <laughs> on uh, ABC News? He cut that out. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Your guy, I mean, uh, Mr. Pretty Boy with the uh, hairdo and all that stuff. You know, it's funny. You because, watch you watch him more than I do. Uh, well, I watch him at certain points. I, I yeah. watched uh, Sunday night just to see if he would mention the death of a Texas National Guard soldier who jumped in uh, the Rio Grande River to save two illegal aliens from drowning. He ended up drowning. They survived. Turns out that they were narco-terrorists, and on, su- at Sunday, on Sunday night, when uh, Muir, this little uh, jerk-off, this punk, went on the air, uh, he didn't see fit to mention this. Uh, and there were pictures available of uh, the, the soldier's name was Bishop Evans. I mean, in his military uniform, uh, resplendent, I would use the word, the adjective resplendent in his, uh, in his military uniform. He's a black kid. 
And this guy never saw fit to mention it whatsoever. They did a, a moving ceremony, bringing his body to, you know, to some military uh, vehicle to take it away. And this guy never, never mentioned. He did a report on the border, never mentioned it. Same thing last night. He had a chance to redeem himself. Same thing last night. So now, next time, I, if I ever see David Muir, not only am I going to punch him in the face, I'm going to kick him in his teeth. On top of it, how about that? Jesus, I'm I'm, going to take this guy out. Good. By the way, why stop uh, with David Muir? Go to go to Lester Holt. Go to Bill Ritter. Go to N.J. Burkett. Any one of these uh, jerks. The the truth of the matter is, uh, in in my condition right now, I I couldn't take out like the Queen of England. To be quite honest (laughs) with you, that's just the way I feel. Uh, By the way, this is this is this was uh, to be serious. This was Bishop Evans. He was raised by his grandmother, this 22-year-old black. He'd already did a tour of duty in Iraq. This, I mean, he's a real person who died. Uh, three days, his body was floating around in the uh, Rio Grande. They finally found it. Here was his grandmother uh, the night they found the body. Take a listen. Cut eight, Lou. Bishop has always been a caring, loving child. It was just something he could not see someone in need or hurting and not help. So there you go. Uh, just to, to personalize it, uh, to, to humanize it, it's not some you know uh, soldier who just died and we move on. He was a real person, and it touched my heart, and, and the pictures almost made me want to cry. Uh, and that's why I really hate David Muir, Lester Holt, Nora O'Donnell, and the rest of the fake news for ignoring this particular thing. Now, uh, just one uh, uh, on this Elon Musk thing, this... Uh, this Ari Melber, he's on MSNBC. Oh. We all know, we all know these people. Uh, you know, they're outraged. They're 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 pissed off. It's like the night Donald Trump won the election in November 2016. I mean, you actually uh, had you actually had the attorney for Twitter break down in tears, started to cry like Jen Psaki did last week when she talked about the "Don't Say Gay" bill down in Florida. Just absolutely yeah. revolting. The Parental Rights Act down in Florida. Yes. Anyway. Uh, this is this was Ari Melber from MSNBC, his take. And uh, you, you, you wonder, I mean, does this guy have any clue of what he's saying? This is him on the state of Twitter now that Elon Musk owns it. Uh, take a listen to him. Cut for Lou, please. If you own all of Twitter or Facebook or what have you, you don't have to explain yourself. You don't even have to be transparent. You could secretly ban one party's candidate or all of its candidates, all of its <laughs> nominees. Or you could just secretly turn down the reach of their stuff and turn up the reach of something else. And the rest of us might not even find out about it till after the election. He just described everything they did to Donald Trump in right. the 2020 election. Right. I mean, and, and again, oblivious to the fact that, that he was describing just that, he said exactly what, what they did. So everything that, uh, that, that they're guilty of, they accuse us, our side, of doing when they're the ones who are guilty of it themselves. Well, there's two sides to that. What you just said is exactly true and brilliant. But the second side is you're starting to see that Melbourne and others are, are going to start to make excuses for why they're going to get absolutely savaged in 2022 in the midterm. So, oh, Twitter was against us. Elon Musk took it over. They were against us. So all of the things that we just experienced when our guy lost – That'll be their excuse when they take a drubbing in 2022. They're starting to lay the groundwork already right now. Yeah, well, good luck with it. Uh, the The people are paying attention this time around, and they're not going to get away with cheap ex- excuses like that. They're still going to lose 40 seats in the House. They're going to lose the Senate. They're going to lose a bunch of local, uh, you know, uh, 
local seats as well in, in states and various counties, et cetera, et cetera. So that's coming. One other thing, they want to racialize it, of course, to Elon Musk being the first African-American to own uh, a social media platform, Elon Musk from Africa, from South Africa to be particular. But either way, uh, you have the, the, the likes of uh, Joy Reid, NBC, The View. Play, play cut two, Lou, please. The right has made multiple attempts to remake Twitter, and it never works because the thing is they don't want to talk to each other. They want to talk to us. They want to talk to the culture. They want to t- they, they, if they were where black Twitter was not, they would be sad because they couldn't attack black people. I don't trust Elon Musk to make Twitter better for women at all. He is saying you get to say whatever you want. For me, that is something that is a bit scary. And I think it's going to be scary to a lot of women. When Elon Musk women. says, wow, this is about free speech, it seems to me that it's about free speech of straight white men. What? You believe that? By the way, uh, she can say whatever she wants on Twitter. Anybody could of any color, any sex. Uh, so they just they, they just move their lips to say something. But to racialize it, to uh, sexualize it, all that stuff, sexism, racism, I mean, it's par for the course, something you would expect from these people. Uh, they throw that in hoping. It's like a Hail Mary. They throw out racism, but it's not working anymore. Nobody's buying it. and That's the sad part for them. Uh, speaking of race, I, I mentioned uh, Jack Brewer and that, that creep uh, punk Joy Reid, who you just heard in that, that little montage there. This guy, Jack Brewer, former NFL guy, did not a very distinguished career, according to Sid Rosenberg. But uh, after his career, he, he turned to God. He's very religious, and he mentors uh, young black boys uh, because that's what he wants to do. He, he sees the, uh, the dire need for it, the, the lack of fathers. As a matter of fact, uh, President Obama, back in the day, he saw the same thing. Uh, a play Cut 21. This is Obama in 2008, Lou Rufino. Cut 21. Too many fathers are MIA. Too many fathers are AWOL. You and I know this is true everywhere, but nowhere is it more true than in the African-American community. We know the statistics that children who grow up without a father are five times more likely to live in poverty and commit crime. They're nine times more likely to drop out of school. Twenty times more likely to end up in prison. Now, why wouldn't this guy say that today? More than ever. More than ever. And then he said in 2014, he said something similar. That was 08. In 14, he said something similar, that if uh, black kids, you know, are seen to learn, to read, to pay attention to class, to raise their hand in school, they're seen as sellouts. Cut 22, Lou, please. African-Americans in communities where I've worked, there's been notion of acting white, which Sometimes it's overstated, but there's an element of truth to it where, okay, if, if boys are reading too much, then, well, why are you doing that? Or why, why, are, you, uh, why are you speaking so properly? And the notion that there's some authentic way of being black, that if you're, if you're going to be black, you have to act a certain way and wear a certain kind of clothes, that, you know, that has to go. So the woke tards got so vicious that they don't say that anymore. Obama n- never utters any sentiment oh. like that whatsoever. No, no, no. But Jack Brewer, he he stood with Ron DeSantis when Ron DeSantis got rid of critical race theory in the state of Florida, uh, and he actually brought some of his kids, some of his black kids, into uh, an event with Ron DeSantis, took pictures, 
And Joy Reid said that this was a form of child abuse to bring his boys <laughs> into an event with Ron DeSantis. She really did say that, and it really st- struck a chord with uh, Jack Brewer. Uh, he's going to sue her. He's demanding an apology. Good. He, you know, she really has met her match in this guy. He's not backing down whatsoever. Uh, play cut five. Play cut five and six back to back, please, Lou. I don't believe that Joy really understood who she was dealing with and the anointing that's on our lives. God called us right now to face this CRT. These same kids, the majority that you see in that picture that are with me are fatherless kids. Kids that come to our center each and every day to learn reading and math proficiency. When they go to public schools and the teachers tell them that if they make a 50 or 60, that it's okay because they're black kids. We fight against that. We teach our kids that in America, everybody can win. Everybody can reach and achieve the goals that they set forth. And so we are patriots. And I don't think that people like Joy Reid are used to seeing African-American young boys that are fatherless, that love this country and understand really uh, what their potential is. And that's what we teach. And that's what we show. She is going to have to apologize. I want MSNBC to apologize. Otherwise, I'm going to have to pursue uh, my legal um, strategy that my lawyers are putting together. Yeah, I, I got a couple of good lawyers for you. Danielle Rosenberg, Arthur Idala, and Joe Takapina. Any one of those three will be glad to represent you and get Joy Reid out of there in a heartbeat. So the bottom line is critical race theory tells blacks that you're too stupid. You're not going to make it. Don't even try. And he says, no, no, no. We can make it. There are a lot of examples of black men making it in this world if they apply themselves and if they have good schools. This is a brief one. Cut seven. Last Jack Brewer. Please play it, Lou. We are not oppressed. We are not victims, right? We love everybody. We love our God, but we love our neighbor as ourselves. And I think she needs to do some deep soul searching. And everybody on the left right now that is pushing this victimization upon young black kids who really at the end of the day are the heartbeat of our nation. When we uplift our poor black voiceless kids, this nation is going to change. There you go. He's right about that. I mean, just give them give half a chance. Give them a good school. Give them a good education and stop poisoning their minds with this victimization mentality. Jack Brewer, go get them, uh, Jack Brewer. Take this, 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 this witch, this racist witch out on the Bernie and Sid show. Look, we're going to speak to Jason Whitlock. The brilliant Jason Whitlock. We're going to speak to the uh, the great statesman Peter King here on the Bernie and Sid Show. We're pretty much just getting started. Hour one in the books. We'll be right back. If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WABC.
right, time to explain why when Bernie asked me how I was at the very beginning of the show about an hour ago, I said I'm in a terrible mood. So we're at the point where that's going to happen. So, Bern, I need you to walk with me hand in hand every step of the way during this conversation. And I, then I want you to be very, very honest with me. Very honest. Don't look to protect me. Don't be loyal to me. Just give me your brutal honesty, okay? You got it, bro. All right. Uh, I hate to preface any conversation with some type of virtue signaling, as uh, Bernie taught me years ago. That's, those are two great words. But we do it all the time with BLM. We have to always say, well, we like black people. Oh, no, yeah, we get it. Okay, okay. Um, but I'm going to have to do it. Uh, I'm not sure there's uh, two radio hosts in this city, not now, not ever, who have ever been more loyal and more supportive of our policemen, of our firemen, first responders, you name it. And it didn't just start six years ago with Bernie and Sid. It goes back to our days together, me and Bernie, on the Imus on the Morning Show 22 years ago. We were on the air during 9-11 and uh, even before that. Is that a fair statement, Bernard? So far, so good, Sidney. Okay. Um, yesterday, when I started talking about Timothy Klein, tragically killed in a fire in Brooklyn on Sunday. Let me preface this also by saying I didn't know Timothy Klein, don't know him, just like I didn't know Jason Rivera. Didn't know him either. Don't know Timothy, don't know his father, Patrick, don't know his mother, Diane, his three sisters. I happen to live now very close to the Klein family, very close, but I didn't know him, okay? It shouldn't matter, but I guess it does. Yesterday, when I talked about going to the funeral on Friday morning, at any point during that talk and or conversation between you and I, Bernie, did I come off to you as bragging? Bragging uh, in, in what what sense? Like I oh, mean, like like, I, like like I'm bragging about going to the funeral of a dead firefighter. Bragging about that? I, I, that was not my uh, that was not my perception whatsoever. No, not, uh, close. I mean, could he, could he even make no, it? No, not at all. Okay, thank you. No, uh, no, no. You were no. going to pay tribute to pay homage to uh, a, you. A, a, you know a, a tragic fallen hero. Thank you. Uh, uh, that, that was my sense. Uh, uh, of course, to be quite honest with you. That's every rational person's sense. Uh, did I did I come off as if I'm a special guy? Like, look how special I am. That I'm going to go to that funeral or stand in Bell Harbor and salute the casket as it drives by. Did I come off to you as somebody who thought I was special yesterday? I, again, no, I did not get any of that. I, okay. I got a lot of compassion from you. Thank you. A lot of hurt mm-hmm. that a guy like that was, uh, you know, was tragically killed on a Sunday afternoon. Okay. Thank you, Bernie, for being uh, honest. Lou, you've been in this business for a long time. You were on the air with Imus and all of us when 9-11 happened. Bragging, I'm special. Did you get the sense uh, any of that occurred yesterday when I talked about the Klein tragic death and uh, what I may or may not do come Friday? I didn't get that sense at all. At all? Okay. No. Right. Luke Legrano, any, anything there? No, nothing Nothing like that. Sir. Okay, of course not. So I leave the show, Bernie, yesterday, and I get a DM. Now, now here's the thing. I am not going to mention this guy's name because at the end of the day, even though this guy came off like a raging jerk-off, he's a hero. And if I met him in the street right now, whether we came to fist the cuffs or not, I would say to him, thank you for your service, which I did when I messaged him yesterday. Any guy or girl that runs into a burning building to save a life is a hero. So I'm going to give this person the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe they are just an idiot. I don't know. But I am so respectful of the job that this person does. I'm not going to mention his name, what ladder company he works for. I know all of that, by the way. I got it all. All of it. I'm just not going to do it because I still respect the guy. And um, 
and I'm thankful to him for what he does on a daily basis. Okay? It's not anybody we know, right? Um, I don't think so. So here's okay. a message I get. An offline duty funeral is not something you brag about going to. It's getting annoying to sit there and say you know people is embarrassing. That church is there for his family, friends, and colleagues, not politicians or radio hosts that never knew and or worked with him. Or for your support by standing in attention at his casket while it's brought down the streets of Bell Harbor. None of us want to hear about how special you are, that you'll be in attendance. Any issues with this, please feel free to contact me, and the guy gives me his name and number. So you heard it right there. I mean, again, uh, we don't want to hear how special you are. Stop bragging. And again, just for the sake of um, proving my point, did you get the sense I did any of that yesterday? Again, uh, negative. No, not not uh, not even close. All right. So I say not, to the guy, not... I go, never bragged, never described myself as special. You want to see the scores of your colleagues that thank me today, and this is true. I said, issues, you're coming off like an angry jerk. And then the guy goes on to say, well, I'm going to be there the next three days. You want to say that to my base? So he's, now he wants to start a fight with me. And then the very last thing he sends me is, and I quote, I'm sure the family would love an arrogant, former drug-abusing cokehead that never knew their son to attend the funeral. You're a sad excuse of a man. You know who I am, and you're welcome to call me. I can tell you this guy's been in the department for many, many, many years. So, again, I, I, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. No good, no good deed goes unpunished. I mean, uh, this was coming from your heart, just as it was for Officer Mora and Rivera. Uh, you know, uh, the pain that collectively all New Yorkers feel that's you right. were expressing. I mean, that's, that's the only feeling sentiment that I got out of you. Well, thank you for saying that. And it's true. And, and I do believe that we've had, we have a certain responsibility and obligation as two guys that are on in the morning. We represent New York. We represent all of us. When I went to Jason Rivera's funeral, I didn't get one nasty message from one cop, not one. I'm not comparing cops and firemen, but I will tell you that I did have discussions with some very high-powered people in the department, three-star guys, two-star guys, Nigro, all of them, and I was surprised to hear their response, which basically was, we have a bunch of guys like this in our department. Don't be surprised. Don't be upset. You do what you got to do. We love you. The masses love you. And uh, we want to see you out there supporting us. But they basically said to me, they weren't surprised to hear this. There's a bunch of guys like that in the department. And I was shocked. I was like, really? I mean, I, Rivera's wow. funeral, uh, the, the, every man, every woman, everybody shaking hands and crying. And it was just, it was a time for New York City to come together. This is the same exact thing for Timothy Klein. He wasn't gunned down by a bad guy. But he was a guy that woke up every morning, like the guy that texted me this, who still is a hero in my mind. He's a jerk, but he's a hero. Uh, like Timothy Klein, uh, you know, he, he, as somebody who lives in this city, I just want to thank him, his family, and the department as a mass for what they do every day. How I come across a bad guy and deserve a message like that. Now, this guy wants to fight. That, that's great. You're going to stand in front of 15,000 of your brethren on the streets on Friday and start a physical fight with me? That's you fine. Talk about dishonoring uh, a fallen hero. Uh, you start a fight at his funeral. Yeah. That, that's a yeah. good job out of you. Yeah. Hey, listen, I, I even asked uh, uh, former Commissioner Nigro, I said, are we looking to have the public show up to support the fallen hero, uh, Timothy Klein? Are we looking for it? He said, absolutely. That's right. You he, asked that specific question. I the did. public, the public. And by the way, tonight, I believe, is a viewing 
at the uh, funeral home McManus on Flatbush and Jay, and I believe it is only the 170 in the family. But tomorrow, tomorrow is a public viewing. Now, I know there are firefighters that are going to be upset. They can't get into the, the funeral home on Friday, and they're frustrated. I get all that. And quite frankly, this guy, even though he's a jerk, belongs there before I do. See, I can admit all this. I can say he's still a hero. I can still thank him for his job. I can admit he still belongs there before I do. But he should be so embarrassed and humiliated the way he the way he treated me the last couple of days. He does not represent the better part of that fire department. And I'm telling you, I spoke to all of them, all of his bosses, you name it, every one of them, okay? And they were disgusted. They're not going to do anything about it, nor do I want them to. But it's really disgusting that on a day like yesterday when you and I come on the air because we're off on Monday and our heartfelt in our sincerity, how tragic this was and how upset we are that this jerk-off sends me a message like that. It is beyond disgusting. So, listen, in every profession they exist, right? It, 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 in every profession, there are some cops, there are some firemen, radio hosts, doctors, lawyers. No profession is perfect. But on a day like yesterday, that was embarrassing. No, it, does, it, it says more about him than it does you. It really does. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of shocked to hear about this. Uh, no, I, I didn't get that feeling whatsoever from you. It was heartfelt, sincere. You were, again, once again, uh, I'll repeat myself, expressing what the most New Yorkers were feeling. Uh, uh, collectively, New Yorkers are, are you know, it, it's just it's heartbreaking to see this guy, young, vibrant, handsome, and uh, what happened on a, a, you know, a, a beautiful Sunday afternoon at 1.30 was just horrific, and, uh, you know, everybody was shocked by it. Including yourself. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's a terrible story. They're a beautiful family. Again, as we talked about with Daniel Nigro yesterday, the whole family has devoted their lives to the department. His father, three uncles, and like Nigro said, a lot of my guys are like that. In fact, I'll tell you a story. Nigro has a nephew who works at the same ladder company as uh, as this guy. So it's uh, that's what these people do. You know, it goes from grandfather to father to son to uncle, and they're all brave, including this guy. They're courageous. They're brave. I can't thank them enough. But uh, what a disappointment after the show yesterday to get something like that uh, from somebody who instead, instead should have been, you know what, Sid and Bernie, not just Sid, Bernie and Sid, because we did this together yesterday and with Daniel Nigro. Thanks for the support. Thanks for the love. We appreciate you guys. Instead, it's more like, I don't know if he's jealous. I don't know. I don't know what it was. I, I can't figure out why somebody would, maybe he just doesn't like me. Maybe he's. Who knows? Maybe he, you it's know, probably some of that. Who and, knows? Uh, I mean, I, I know anti-Semitic attacks are up like 8,000 percent. There's all kinds of issues with uh, anti-Semitic attacks. Maybe the guys don't like Jews. I don't know what the issue is, but there's no way you can take what I said on this show yesterday and 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 and, and have it come across like the way this guy texted me yesterday morning. There's just no way. There's no way. No, no. And I can see it really, really upset you. But at this point, it's time to block it out. Just block it the hell out. And pay tribute to, uh, you know, Timothy Klein as we were planning to do, as we did yesterday. Just continue to do it and, and, and forget this guy even exists. Just block it. Forget about it. You got the support of, uh, again, Chief Nigro and, uh, and the rest of oh, the I got department. Three, I, I, mean, I, got, I got three star uh, captains. I got two star captains. I mean, yeah. you wouldn't believe some of the names that uh, have reached out to me and Mike Sullivan and other guys that are just um, absolutely just disgusted but again they were not feel, all that surprised i feel bad for you to be quite honest with you this is this is just an ugly ugly nasty 
unnecessary uh, occurrence yeah. that this guy would attack you like this. Yeah. I mean, I feel bad for you. Well, thank uh, you. This guy, I mean, he was really, really way out of line, way, way out of line. I mean, uh, I, I guess his supervisors should just tell him to shut up. But nobody's going to know who he is. Right, I'm not going to do it. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to do that again because it's more important that this guy who's been around a long time does what he does, which is run into a fiery building and save a life. That's more important than his beef with me and now my, you know, my comeback. I, I admit that. You see, I'm, I'm, I'm bigger. I've gotten better, Bernie. I don't want to see this guy get into any trouble because he's a valued guy in his job. But I want him to know that um, not just me, but a lot of New York and the guys he works with and, and his bosses are really disgusted with the way he acted yesterday. And uh, a lot of people know about it. And um, maybe I'll see you Friday. Maybe I won't. But I hope you woke up this morning and feel differently than you did yesterday. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Now I feel better, as always. I got it out with uh, Bernie. Yeah. Thank you, Bernie. <laughs> yeah, you should. You should. I mean, you did absolutely nothing wrong whatsoever. And uh, this guy again, just dummy up there. You please. This is not the time for petty squabbles like this. He wasn't the only one. There were some folks on Twitter too. In fact, at the end of the day yesterday on social media, I had three different people. Not a lot, but three is way too many. Shouldn't be one. Three that echoed kind of the same thing that this guy did. So, um, you know, there were idiots everywhere, including the fire department. We'll take a short break. More of Bernie and Sid right after this. Bernie and Sid. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app, simulcast out on Eastern Long Island News Talk 107.1 FM. And uh, that was a horrible, horrible uh, a turn of events yesterday that Sid Rosenberg just outlined in the previous segment. And uh, well, guess what? The listeners are riled up. They're 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 calling in. Let's take some calls, Sydney. What do we? What do you say? I love Let's it. Let's take a call or two. We'll do, we'll skip a, 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 some of these news items. Get to them a little bit later. Uh, go ahead. Pick All right. Uh, before, of course, uh, Jason Whitlock, uh, a huge, huge star set to join me and Bernie coming up in about 15 minutes at 740. Bernie, we'll start with Eileen on a car phone on line five. Good morning, Eileen. Good morning, Bernie. Good morning, Sid. Um, I, uh, first of all, I'm calling for my car. I have to get to work, so I'm going to make it really quick. I am a resident from Rockaway, just like you, Sid. I live in the Bell Harbor area. I am familiar with the family, know them. Um, my son went to school with Timmy. It, it's devastating news. I don't want to leave my last name because, as you know, it's a very small community, so right. anybody in the neighborhood will know who I am. Right. Um, absolutely, Sid, you were not wrong. Um, it's not being a political person. It's not being a, a ter- talk show host. It's being a resident from the community, showing your support and love for the family. It was devastating to hear all of this, and I am sorry for you, Sid. I'm sorry for the family, but you were so not wrong. You were oh, you were you. doing the right thing. Thank you. I I am not going to go because I feel like it's 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 more for the family, for the firefighters, 
for the loved ones who know him to be in the yeah. church. Yep. Um, yeah, and listen, by the way, Eileen, thank you wrong. for the very and, emotional and phone so call. Sorry. Thank you. And, and I, don't, I don't disagree, and I may not go on Friday uh, after all. And, again, this is not about me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm glad we're taking a couple of calls. But to be honest, I just wanted to get this out there and, and let people know that, you know, even at a time like this when New Yorkers uh, should be coming together, uh, they just don't. You know, there are people out there that don't like me. There's a lot of them, a lot of them. And that's fine. That's okay. I see Facebook sites or they hammer me all day and other social media sites where they hammer me all day and uh, Sid talks about himself and Sid this and Sid that. And that's okay. But you, you got to be adult about it and at times like this. Stay away from that nonsense. You don't like me? That's fine. Wait another couple of days. I'll say something really? to piss you off and then comment. Right? I mean, it's come exactly on. right. Like I mean, Joe in is... Jersey City. Sid comes off more smug than he thinks. Joe's an idiot, too. He's an idiot. There was nothing smug. Or, or braggadocious about what I did yesterday when it came to Timothy Klein and his death. Nothing. And if you think and that's maybe, the case, you clearly have a bias. And maybe it comes off like that to you, but it's not the case. Trust me, I know Sid, and this is heartfelt. He's, he's, a, he's a person of the city, and he cares, and he, he's a very emotional guy. And, uh, again, this touched all New Yorkers, just as the, uh, the, the execution of Officer Mora, Officer Rivera, same thing with Timothy Klein, and that's what we were just reacting to, innocently, very innocently. So if you took it this way, I think it speaks more uh, about you than it does about Sid Rosenberg. Here's Bill in Queens. He's on line five. Good morning, Billy. How are you, pal? Good, sir. Good morning. Uh, I want to apologize on behalf of the New York City Fire Department. That, that guy's probably a hairbag. If you want us to take care of it for him, uh, I'm on my way to work right now. Just give us his name, and we'll take care of it. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't want to do that. Again, I, the guy runs into burning buildings and saves New Yorkers, and at the end of the day, I respect him more for that than I do, than I'm angry with him for his idiotic comments yesterday. And I'm sure he's sitting there right now with his finger on his Instagram DM uh, trying to, t- to send me something else nasty. Now, maybe he came to the realization he acted like a jerk, but, again, to me, that guy's still a hero, and maybe he's just having a bad day. I don't know. Two but, more, but and thank, we'll move but, off. But, but thank you for the sentiment, Paul. Yes. Thanks very much for that sentiment. Thank you. Two more, we'll move off of this, Bernie. Steve is in Brooklyn. Uh, we're covering all the boroughs here online, too. Good morning, Stephen. Sydney. Hey, listen bud. Listen to me. You go to that funeral tomorrow. Don't listen to that jerk off. I'm a retired cop from the city. My son is currently a cop, and God forbid anything ever happened to my son, I will be honored if you came to the services. You you're going to see somebody that you never met in your life, you have no idea who he is, and still you're taking your time to go pay your respects. What a total jerk off that guy is. Don't don't listen to him, Sydney. Make sure you go to the funeral tomorrow. All right. Thank you. Uh thank wow. you very much for that. Uh, agreed. Agree with the callers. Agree with all those callers. Uh we'll do one yeah, more just, and then we'll let you yeah, get ahead, to the, go, the go. stories. Let's go to no, no, um no, 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 let's just stick with it. We we we're a couple of minutes left. Let's just uh, okay. let's go on this. Let's go uh, Bernie to Tom in Brooklyn on line eight. Good morning, Tom. I said, hi, Bernie. Listen, you know, you're a heartfelt guy, and you, you wear your heart on your sleeve. That's just the kind of guy. You're a very emotional guy. But, you know, I think you do it to, to keep Timmy alive. You're going to keep Timothy Klein alive. I know you are, because you're going to remember this, and you're going to talk about it. You've talked about other people in the past, and it's come up a year later. You know, you'll remember his anniversary next year, and you're going to talk about him. You're going to keep Timothy Klein alive. Don't let anybody let, not let you do that. We love you, exactly Sid. Right. We love you, Bernie. Thank you, be good. Thank you. Uh, look at look at the uh, look, what, look what a great audience and uh, these are the real New Yorkers, by the way, that you're listening to right now. Maureen is in Millstone Township, online seven. Good morning, sweetheart. How are you? Good morning, Sid. 
Uh, listen, I just want to let you know that I love you to death, okay? I listen to you Thank guys you. every single morning, okay? I, you have to say, I have to say one thing. Yeah. Okay, you never said anything wrong when you did talk, okay, about him, okay, and going to the funeral and everything. You didn't say anything wrong. But today, okay, when you were explaining it, you did say about calling his supervisor and telling his supervisor. No, no, I, I said I won't now. do that. I said I won't do that. Somebody said. No, but you, but, but you said it, and then you were telling other people in his department. And no, 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 nobody in his department. I did speak to uh, a couple of guys through a friend of mine, through a friend who happened to be chiefs, who were dining in a restaurant. They heard about the story. And listen, the people should know this guy represents the fire department. I don't want him. He's, I can't get him fired. I can't get him, you know, uh, to move from, from one house to another. And I wouldn't want to do that. But you can't send something like that and remain anonymous. I didn't mention his name this morning or the latter company. And I didn't go to every one of his people in his firehouse. But uh, what he did, I mean, somebody's got to know. I, I get that. But he's got the freedom of speech. You have to keep that in mind. You have to take the good with the bad, Sid. You're a good guy. We all love you to death, okay? And if this guy says something like that, yeah, we're going to defend you like family, okay? Like a family defends each other. That's how we're going to defend you, okay? But, you know, let him say what he's got to say. So what? You know, he's nothing. He don't find your paycheck. He's not in your family. You're right. You're right. And, again, I don't want to see the guy get into any trouble, and that's why I didn't mention his name on the air this morning. I didn't mention where he works this morning. I didn't call his company. I didn't have the higher-ups in the fire department call his company. I didn't do any of that stuff. You know, there's like three or four people that know about this. At the end of the day, it's not going to mean anything because, again, this story is about Timothy Klein, not Sid Rosenberg. So your point is well taken, Maureen. I did not go out of my way to make sure more people knew, get this guy into trouble, because I'll say it for the tenth time this morning, this guy runs into burning buildings and saves lives. To me, that's more important than a stupid message he sent to me on a Tuesday afternoon. Well said, Sid Rosenberg, and uh, thank you to all the callers, the listeners. And they, the callers, listeners, they love you. They're overwhelmingly on your side, said Rosenberg. You did Thank nothing you. wrong. And uh, that's you. the bottom line. So now we're going to talk to a Jason Whitlock coming up next. But right now, it's time for the WABC Clip of the Day. And it's called Let Me Tell You with Joan Hamburg on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Download wherever you get your podcast. Here, Joan talks with Melissa Rivers about the death of her moms. Your mom taught you no matter what. That funny is funny, and you have to laugh, even during tragic moments, to get through. And you do that, too, with your own. I mean, the loss of your mom was not only devastating to you, but to your son. He had this incredible relationship with his grandmother. 100%, and I had to get him through it, which I think, in hindsight, helped me get through it. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Bernie and Sid in the morning. The times are tough now. Just getting tough. This whole world is rough. 
All right, 7.42 on your hump day Wednesday morning, so here's an idiot I am. So when I uh, my phone broke last year, I had to get a new phone, and I went off my wife Danielle's plan. She's got a plan for me, Gabe, Ava, all the phones on her business plan. But my phone broke. I got my own phone from T-Mobile. I'm not on Danielle's plan. So all my social media sites, I never kept any of my passwords. So I have no idea how to get into Twitter or any of these things. So the only way I can tweet, which I did twice yesterday, is from my Twitter on my iPad. And ironically, that's where me and Jason Whitlock talk because we always direct message each other on Twitter. So the good news is Jason Whitlock uh, sent me a direct message on Twitter with a phone number to call him at right now. The bad news is... That iPad is locked away in my living room about an hour and 15 minutes away, and there's nobody home to even find out his number. So now I have to reschedule Jason for tomorrow because I left the iPad at home. Sorry, Bern. Hey, no problem. <laughs> tomorrow we have something to look forward to. How about that? Yes, yes. We got, yeah, we got, we got, we got Jason Whitlock in our back pocket for tomorrow, <laughs> Friday Eve. No problem. <laughs> He's great, and uh, he'll come through tomorrow as well as uh, as he would have this morning. But uh, we'll manage without him. You know, you mentioned the anti-Semitic attacks earlier, Sydney. Yes, uh, they, they came out with a statistic: twenty twenty one. There, I mean, they're, they're really, really on the rise. Uh, I, I think it was like forty seven hundred anti-Semitic attacks in the country. I can tell you this: the, it's uh, the worst in fifty two years since nineteen seventy when they first started yeah. to keep uh, actually counting this. The worst in fifty two years, and by a lot too. I mean, it's yeah. not, not not a small number, uh, but but the majority of the atta- of the attacks where most anti-Semitic attacks take place happens in guess what, Brooklyn, yeah. New York. Well, that's because you've got you've got Brooklyn. borough you've got borough park in Brooklyn, and that's where a lot of Jews are centrally located. To be honest. So anyway, uh, yeah, they did uh, some of the the fake local news. They did some reporting on it yesterday, and they interviewed this uh, one Hasidim, Hasidim, but I can't believe him. You know where I got that from, by the way? Who? Uh, that that was uh, Paulie Walnuts on the fourth episode of The Sopranos. Hasidim. But I can't believe him. He's hilarious. And I, I never got it out of my head. But anyway, they interviewed uh, a couple of people. They interviewed some, uh, well, I'll call him a schmuck from the ADL. I'll get to him in a minute. But first, listen to this poor uh, Asidum guy who was the victim of an anti-Semitic attack in Brooklyn. Uh, play cut 30, Lou, please. Do you know of people who have Yes. Been? Only for nothing, they take people and knock them they punch them, they, they go out, they go away. Right. They punch them. I mean, yep. we've yep. seen them getting cold cocked, sucker punched. You know, these religious guys in their, uh, you know, with the, with the hats and all that stuff, minding their own business and just brutally, brutally, savagely attacked on the streets. And we see who's attacking them. We know who's attacking them. We see it. We know the demographic of the perpetrators. We know it and we see it. And yet, you have this uh, Anti-Defamation League, which is not your mother. It's not, uh, a, 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 what was it, Abraham Foxman? What was the guy's name? Yeah, I think it was Foxman. It? I don't remember. It, it, was it Abraham? 
Well, it's not, it's not his uh, ADL anymore. This no. is a new woke ADL. These guys are complete and total uh, liberal woke cards. Uh, I forget the name of the guy who runs it, but he's a creep. He's a loser. Anyway, he had one of his surrogates out there on the local news yesterday. His name is Scott Richmond, and this is what he said about all these anti-Semitic attacks. Cut 31, Louis. We're talking about an increase in anti-Semitic incidents that uh, puts it at record levels. We've never had, actually, numbers this high. There's been a general emboldening of white supremacists, of extremists over the past few years. All of these have led to uh, an increasing amount of anti-Semitism. It makes them concerned about being in the street. It makes them concerned about being out on a Friday night. And that's a terrible thing. Bro, if you cannot identify the problem, if if you're too cowardly or spineless or partisan to identify the problem correctly, you're never going to solve the problem. These are black people who are attacking the uh, the Jews no, in Brooklyn. No, no, no. These are they, they, they are hardly white supremacists. Are you kidding me? Oh, I know. Do you watch any of the videotape, the footage of, of these people getting brutally, as I mentioned before, attacked on the streets? Please. There's no white supremacists no. out there doing this? No, I mean, the, 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 only, example, the, only, the, only, the only other time that we didn't see predominantly African-Americans, and by the way, that's the case with, uh, with Orthodox Jews. It's the case with Asians. It's quite frankly the case with their own people. Let's, let's put the let's put the honesty right out there, folks, and stop the white nonsense. But the only time we saw these attacks that were not African American folks were when they had those uh, riots in the streets right outside of here last year, Bernie, when the uh, Palestinians. Exactly. That's the other. That's the other aspect. Right. Palestinians. Right. And in Times Square, Third Avenue, exactly. we saw them, and other places in Brooklyn as well. Same thing. They were. It, it, you know, it was the typical. Traditional, uh, you know, uh, Arab Palestinian, uh, Arab slash Palestinian versus Jew, and that's what it was. But the other random attacks, when you see these poor Jews on on videotape getting attacked, they're all black perpetrators. The same thing with the Asians. Keep listen, call it as it is. It's a fact is a fact. We we have to be truthful about it, or else you're never going to solve the problem. That's what it is. White supremacy. Yeah. Give me one example of a white supremacist in Brooklyn who attacked a Jew, a Hasidim. One example. You can't do it. The ADL is a fraud. The Anti-Defamation League is a complete and total fraudulent organization. And they're, they're cowardly. They're afraid to call out the real perpetrators because who knows why? I, 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 I just I can't even articulate or even speculate as to why they're afraid to call out the true perpetrators. But that made my blood boil last yeah, night when I too. saw that on the local news, me honestly. Too. And it's the same I mean, thing with the Asians and everybody else when they refuse to call out the, the folks that are actually committing these these acts. But uh, listen, uh, again, I mentioned this last week, not to get too specific, but my son is having an issue with school. And the reason he's having this issue in school is we are fostering a whole generation of kids and African-Americans where you can basically do what you want at this point. And we're going to make an excuse for you. Well, you know what the great grandfather went through 400 years ago? Well, you know, so now, so now you know why. And, and, and instead of like really any real repercussions, it's more like, let's sit down and try to figure this out, which of course goes nowhere. So I'm explaining this every single day with my own kid, who's the nicest kid in the world, who's, who's a, you know, Gabriel would never mess with anybody. And there's one excuse after another. And we are fostering this with stories like you're talking about right now. We refuse to put the blame on anybody who's a person of color. That's the bottom line. It, and it you're not going to hear bottom. that any place else except for right here. That's it.
And, and by the way, every ethnic group went through hell in the past. Every single blacks, maybe more so than, than others. Who knows? But all these Asian uh, the ethnic groups, uh, whether they're from Pakistan, whether they're from China, whatever it is, whether it's from Vietnam, Korea, they went through hell, 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 and they they survived. They 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 worked hard. They woke up. They didn't have a chip on their shoulder, and they succeeded and thrived. So any of these old excuses, just 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 keep it to yourself. Forget about it. Don't look to the past. Look to the future. And that's that, and you will succeed. But you look to the past, you're gonna, you, you, you're not gonna make it, man. You're just not gonna make it. Making excuses and ignoring the real problem. This guy Scott Richmond, white supremacy. Give me a damn break. Yeah, I mean, stop. Now, listen. The, speaking of uh, religious Jews, this guy Ben Shapiro. This is a, a segue I'm making here, of course, uh, on the Elon Musk takeover of Twitter. And this is a good point. Ben Shapiro made this point yesterday. You have a lot of people there. First of all, uh, uh, Elon Musk is going to have access to all the algorithms, the bias that was put into. An algorithm is only as good as the person who makes the algorithm. So if that person is biased, you're going to have a biased, corrupt algorithm. And you had them, of course, no doubt about it, on Twitter uh, uh, in in the past few years. You, you've had them. By the way, Jack Dorsey is on Elon Musk's side. Apparently, he was he, they ran roughshod over him. He didn't want to be this woke uh, social media platform. But either way, so you have thousands of employees still in Twitter, working for Twitter, and who knows what they're going to do to hide the all the abuse and the corruption and the bias that went on in the past few years. Ben Shapiro makes a great point. Cut 33, Lou, play it. Musk needs to come in and he needs to fire everyone. I mean everyone. And Twitter has hundreds, if not thousands, of employees. There have been studies done of the political donations of the people working at Twitter. 98.7% of all donations from the people working at Twitter went to Democrats in the last election cycle. So it doesn't matter what rules Elon Musk sets top down if the so-called Twitter deep state is still implementing its favored policies. Because this is the thing. And Donald Trump found this out when he was president. You can name the policy top down, but if everybody at the State Department hates your guts, they're just going to undermine your policy. When Musk takes over the company, he should do what every boss at every company does, and he should review the employee list and figure out who is good and who is bad, not purely on the basis of politics, but on the basis of performance. <laughs> so in other words, you're going to have a deep, you're going to, I know he's a funny actor. I mean, it, it just sounds like the computer in war games. Uh, right, no, I, mean, I, he, I understand. He, that that was part of, he's brilliant, he's brilliant, he's he smart, is. He's, but I can't listen to the guy for more than 10 minutes at a time because it's, it's like a computer-generated voice. It's crazy. But his uh, his point, of course, no, is yeah. just like Donald Trump had the deep state in the all the intel departments, you're going to have a deep state in Twitter, and they're going to be working against Elon Musk and his ability to uh, expose what went on in the past. So that I thought that was a terrific point on Ben Shapiro's part. Speaking of Donald Trump, uh, he uh, he gave an interview to Pierce Morgan. Pierce Morgan was dishonest, and uh, excuse me, Carol. Oh, my, my wife is telling me the eggs are in the microwave. Thank you very much, Cal. Okay. Very, very good. <laughs> Trump and Pierce Morgan, he gave a dishonest, uh, you know, he edited the tape at the end. Trump didn't storm off. It was friendly. They go way back. Pierce Morgan was on Celebrity Apprentice for a long time. They've been friends. Oh, he did get fired. Anyway. He got fired. Yeah, and, and by, you know, it's funny because we were just talking to Jesse. Oh, you weren't here, but Jesse Waters was on, and I said, wow, you know, you were the man on the street for Bill O'Reilly. Now you've got. Here's Morgan. That's a big man, a big name to be man on the street. And he basically said he's working his way back. But how are you going to have Here's Morgan on Jesse Waters' show if he's out there trying to embarrass 
Donald Trump. Yeah, but by the way, uh, I, I'm over Pierce Morgan. Uh, go away, please. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, he annoys me more than anything else. Uh, he's a phony, I think, and uh, this this comeback is just not going to work. Anyway, he did speak to the president, the former president, Donald Trump. They talked about transgenders, and the Boris Johnson apparently had banned males competing with uh, girls in sports, scholastic sports. This is what Trump said with Pierce Morgan just the other day. Cut 25, Lou, please. This whole issue of transgender athletes in the yeah. women's sport, yeah. Leah Thomas, the sure. swimmer, I think it's grotesquely unfair. It is. You know, you can support trans rights to equality and fairness, but also understand that what's going on in sport is inherently unfair. Is that your position? People see it and they won't put up with it. They had a weightlifter where the record was for 11 or 12 years, and they put a half an ounce on each side. The woman would lift. A guy comes along and breaks the record by numbers that you wouldn't Boris Johnson before. came out recently and said he would ban biological males. He would ban them from then competing in women's Mojo. sports. Do you agree with that? I do. I do. I agreed with it long before anybody else. Mm. I think it's ridiculous and it's uh, sad. And it's bad for the Democrats because they're not going to do that. And, by the way, again, that's another culture war that our side is winning. The majority of Americans agree. No biological males competing with girls in scholastic sports. So good for Bojo. Bojo uh, on the go with uh, banning these people. Uh, there was one more clip. But this is on uh, defining a woman. Cut 26, Lou, please. One of the big questions being put to lots of politicians right now is, what is a woman? I'm not going to respond to the question, but a woman is somebody that swims at a certain time and doesn't get beaten by 38 seconds by somebody that wasn't even a good swimmer as a male. Interesting. Yeah. There you go. I mean, a good point, Leah Thomas, but I've never really, uh, when I try to, uh, uh, I don't know, describe a woman gone to swimming. A woman is somebody that, uh, well, maybe this is not the show for that. Well, the woman has, uh, she has lady parts and she delivers babies. How about that? That's a good one. That's I like that. Simple, simple and easy. That's what it is. I mean, you could, uh, a million other des- descriptions if you like. Right. But those ones apply right there. They suffice. Leave it alone right there. Uh, Donald Trump pulling no punches. We're winning the culture wars on all fronts. This is the year, ladies and gentlemen, 2022. I can't stress it enough. November 2022, get out there and make it official. Vote Republican. Throw these woke hard bastards out. We're sick of them. They're ruining this country. On the Bernie and Sid show, we will speak to Congressman Peter King next hour. Two more hours to go on the Bernie and Sid show. We'll be right back. We're doing it live! Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Crowded house, don't dream it's over. You know, getting back to the conversation we were having earlier about the whole fireman thing and uh, Tim Klein, uh, just another barometer of uh, what we mean to our listeners and to law enforcement and these folks. Well, we are set to receive on Sunday, me and Bernard, the very coveted and very prestigious Silver Shields Award, which is given out uh, once a year. And we are getting the Integrity in Journalism Award this Sunday at the annual brunch. 
Of course, Bernie can't make it, but me and Danielle will be there for me and Bernie in the Bronx coming up on Sunday. Just a um, another indicator of how much the folks in this city, cops, firemen, first responders, and everybody for that matter, but at least with this award, just another barometer of how much most of the folks, the overwhelming majority, appreciate what Bernie and I do every morning right here on WABC, which is also evidenced in the ratings where we are doing not well, but incredibly well and shocking just about everybody. Two hours in the books, Congressman Peter King, Lydia reports, beat Bernie. More on this beautiful, sunny Wednesday morning right here in New York City. New York, Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WABC. How many special people change? How many lives are living strange? Where were you while we were getting high? Slowly walking down the hall. Faster than a cannonball Where were you while we were getting high? Someday you will find me Caught beneath the landslide In a champagne supernova in the sky Someday you will find me Caught beneath the landslide In a champagne supernova Back here in the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app, ladies and gentlemen. Download it. It's easy. It takes two minutes. You won't regret it. By the way, that's one of my favorite songs ever. That is a Champagne Supernova by Oasis Bernard, the same group that sang Wonderwall, which I brought up yesterday. That guy Fritz on American Idol, I thought, ruined the song, but has been getting worldwide acclaim for the version that he did on a Monday night. Anyway, that is Oasis Champagne Supernova, one of my favorite songs. Wonderwall. Yes. Wonderwall. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, Oasis. Uh, I think I recall these people back from what, the 90s? Yeah, that's the uh, the Gallagher brothers, uh, Liam and uh, Noah Gallagher. Is that right? That is totally right. Right, because I know the Robinson brothers were Black Crow. Uh, the, the Black, they hated each other, Black Crows. And uh, these guys also had their issues. No, these and, guys really yeah, yeah. beat each other up. Yeah, yes. but they, I mean, I thought uh, Wonderwall and uh, Champagne Supernova don't go away. Some real Oasis classics, they were a big deal. They like were, you uh, are, Bernard, a very big deal. They got the huge, event. huge, huge, as uh, Donald Trump would say. Uh, yeah, listen, uh, we're going to speak to Congressman Peter King coming up here at 840. He, we switched him from uh, 740 to 840 every single Wednesday because we love Congressman Peter King. And, uh, of course, the big story continues to be this uh, takeover of Twitter by Elon Musk. Uh, really a, a huge deal, a, a game changer, pivotal. This is a pivotal year. We're taking back the country. This is morning in America. 
this is the uh, you, you know, we're, we're taking the uh, we're taking from the woke tards. We're removing their tyranny for freedom of speech and uh, the expression of ideas, the, the open marketplace, uh, where everybody can you know, go at it, come what may. I mean, and that's the way it's supposed to be. The First Amendment, all that stuff, and these people, of course, losing their minds on the other side. You got people. This is going to be cut one, Lou. This is Don Lemon, Maddow, Stelter, all these idiots, these low lives, these 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 bias America hating uh, losers. A play cut one, please. I don't think anyone disagrees. It should be a free and open uh, debate or, or platform. Mm-hmm. But I mean, should it be a, necessarily a font for misinformation and or to you know say uh, mm-hmm. things about people that just aren't true? Elon Musk buying Twitter says a lot about the priorities of people at the highest levels making decisions that could affect the fate of the planet. If you get invited to something where there are no rules, where there is total freedom uh, for for everybody, do you actually want to go to that party? Or are you going to decide to stay home? It depends if you're going or not, Fatso. If you're going, I'm not going. Me too. That's the bottom line. I'm out. Or your fat wife, for that matter. Oh, come on now. Rules (laughs) or no rules, yeah. Does he have a fat wife? Yes. Jamie Stelter. Oh, that's She's the, on the New one York One every morning. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Can you imagine those two? No. There's no way they, there's no freaking way. I mean, come on. No. They're, no. they're married in name only. It's got to it. be. That's it. I mean, it's gross. So, anyway, uh, Elon Musk, the hero, uh, the African-American hero here in the United States. Very proud of you, uh, Mr. Musk. Asaki was asked, uh, this smart-ass punk, Pat, Peppermint Patty-looking punk, uh, Jen Saki. she was asked, about this whole Elon Musk Twitter thing. And Big Tech, uh, cut three, this is, Luke. Cut three, Saki on, uh, well, take a listen to this. No matter who owns or runs uh, Twitter, uh, the president has long been concerned about the power of large social media platforms, uh, what they ha- the power they have over our everyday lives, has long argued that tech platforms must be held accountable for the harms they cause. Yeah, okay, they should be held accountable. Twitter should have been held accountable. They were not uh, with the, the whole laptop thing. Rigged the election. The election, November 2020 election was rigged, totally rigged. It was, it was, it was forget just uh, uh, Twitter and big tech. It was the media. It was the deep state. It was completely and totally biased and, uh, you know, affected by, uh, by these people's actions, the letter, 51 intel chiefs. I mean, all that stuff. And speaking of which, uh, the we talked about this yesterday 19 times. This Hunter associate, his business partner, visited the White House 19 freaking times. The White House. Why? I mean, Hunter Biden doesn't live at the White House. Joe Biden was at the White House then. At that point, he was vice president 19 times. But Joe Biden will tell you straight to, to, to your face, at least he did for the past couple of years, I had no contact with any of Hunter's business associates, none. Just bald face lied to people. Uh, take reporters. a step further. Not only did not have contact, but initially he said he didn't even know what was going on. He wasn't even, you know, it wasn't even like Hunter talked to him about it, a step, a step beyond that. So it's even worse, even worse. Yeah, exactly right. Now, listen, uh, 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 you know, regarding Joe Biden being a, a bald face liar, it goes way back. And we played this clip before, but it's worth playing again because it's kind of jarring. And it's a, it was a great comeuppance for this creep. He learned his lesson, I guess, for about maybe two months and then continued lying again. But this is back in 1987, Joe Biden lying about his academic accomplishments. This will be cut 18, Lou. This is really good. Cut 18. 
what law school did you attend, and where did you place in that class? And the other question oh, is, yes. could you quickly, I, I think we I, I think I probably have a much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. In the first year in law school, I decided I didn't want to be in law school and ended up in the bottom two-thirds of my class and then decided I wanted to stay, went back to law school, and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. I won the international moot court competition. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the wow. end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only needed 123 credits, and I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. Wow, that's hot, Joe. That's really hot. You're smart. You're really smart, Joe. You're, you're a smart guy running for president. Uh, you know what? They were all lies. Everything he said, there was a lie. And listen to this. The, back in 1987, the mainstream media, Sam Donaldson, some dude named Mort Kondracki, they were big names back in the day. Uh, listen to this uh, compilation. I think you have three anchors here just shooting down everything that this uh, race-baiting, creep, corrupt, creep, pervert said. Uh, this is the, You know what? This is cut 18, Lou. Excuse me. This is actually uh, cut 16. 16. Play this, please. Yes. Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school <laughs> class, that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political oh, science yeah. student in college. Oh, well. Newsweek says Biden actually went to school on a half scholarship, ended up near the bottom of his class, and won only one degree, not three. <laughs> Joe Biden ranked 76th in a class of 85 at the University of Syracuse uh, Law School. Uh, I mean, this guy comes off this whole thing as a flyway. Oh, now God. Biden says Newsweek is right. His memory had failed him. How do you like that? Oh, that is, I'm sorry. There was a, that, um, remember uh, John Lovitz's character on the uh, SNL? Yeah. Oh, he sure. was the liar. That, that, yeah, that's China. A that's a ticket. Yeah. That's him. That's Joe Biden. He is John Lovitz on SNL. He is he yet really to is. tell the truth about anything in his whole life. It's, just, it's, just, it's such a fraud this guy is. I mean, the fact that he's been in Congress, uh, you know, since, what, 1972? Why? Why Term is that, limits, though? Please. Is that um, 50 years, Burn? Yeah, why? because, I don't know. I mean, this is the way the system is. That's why we need, we do definitely need term limits. No question about it. These people should not be ensconced there for life. I mean, it's ridiculous. Well, you know what happens, hey, too, when, when, when they're there for life? Because, again, people don't pay attention. They just don't. You know, we, we have huge ratings, but... Uh, we have minimal folks that listen to us compared to the amount of people that live in New York City. Most people walk around stupid and ignorant. That's a fact, okay? That's just a fact. Um, so when they hear, wow, this guy's been in office 50 years, they go, this guy's got to be smart. He's got to know what the hell he's doing. He's been around for 50 years. They have no idea he never passed one bill, one piece of legislation, never did anything over those 50 years. All they hear is 50 years, he's got to be pretty good. And that's the danger without term limits is there's nothing in that in those years that describes exactly what he's done or hasn't done in his political career. No. I mean, you know what he did? He, he, he lynched a black man. Uh, what? Uh, virtually. He, he high-tech lynched a black man named Clarence Thomas oh, right. because he's a racist piece of garbage. Right. He actually prevented a black woman from be, being the first uh, African-American female on the Supreme Court about 15, 20 years ago. He did that. Those are his accomplishments. He's a racist, pervert. Uh, smelling little girls' hair, touching them, uh, you know, taking money from China, Ukraine, just a corrupt Russia, piece Russia. of garbage. Russia, too, don't forget. That's right. And then, of course, uh, the biggest lie of all is Kamala, 
uh, because we know they hated each other from that first debate when she flat out called them a racist. And if you didn't know, because last week we were off, uh, you and I, uh, it did come out uh, without any uh, hesitance. Jill Biden did not want Kamala Harris as the vice president. They hate her. They hate her. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Yeah. yeah. Her question was, why do we have to pick somebody who attacked my husband as a racist? I think that was the uh, objection on the part of Jill Biden. Not a bad objection, by the way, but because that's what the handlers deemed was proper. You got to pick Kamala. Pick the woman who slept her way to the top. Willie Brown's ex-girlfriend, this incompetent, uh, another race-baiting uh, lowlife, who, by the way, came down uh, with COVID, and uh, we wish her the best, a speedy recovery. Uh, yes, uh, You know, this other guy, speaking of senators, John Kennedy. You like this guy. He's funny. I love He's him. New, New Orleans, from New Orleans. And, uh, he, you know, what did he say? I'm all over this like a bum or like a homeless guy on a ham sandwich. <laughs> anyway, they were talking. I saw this on uh, a Jesse Waters' show yesterday. They were talking about government waste. And uh, Waters enumerated a bunch of uh, examples of government waste. John Kennedy commented. This is cut nine. Please play it low. I have seen the federal government, for example, give $530,000 to a group called Hookers for, for Jesus. <laughs> I have seen the federal government spend $2.1 million for sex education for Ethiopian prostitutes. <laughs> and I could continue what? with other examples of spending porn. And, and, and every time that Congress allows this to happen, it is as if Congress is taking a great... Dane size whiz down the leg of every taxpayer in America. Yo, that's funny, man. That's funny yeah, right, that's there. right there. Senator John Kennedy. And of course, this is all Democrat wasteful spending. Look, there are a lot of rhinos, swampy rhinos, Republicans as well, but mostly it's Dems spending money that we don't have, by the way. We just don't have it. Speaking of which, Eric Adams, our esteemed mayor of New York City, he gave what's called the, uh, I believe it's the State of the City Address yesterday. But listen to this. The, the, the New York City budget for the fiscal year 2022 is $100 billion. $100 billion. Oh, my God. I mean, no wonder the taxes are through the roof. He spoke yesterday, did Adams at this uh, ceremony at City Hall. Uh, cut 27, Lou, please play Eric Adams. The 110th mayor of the great city of New York. Mayor Eric Adams. But this city is strong because New Yorkers have never been stronger. We've been through a lot. We have struggled and survived. But when you hear people say, we don't need our police, let me tell you right here and right now, I will support my police and we will make our city a safe city. This is the biggest housing investment in generations, and it will impact many generations to come. So he's going to make it a safe city. I would ask this question. What are you waiting for? Right. right. Good I mean, Lord, yeah. Crime is up uh, like 65% <laughs> since you took oh, over, for it, God's sake. It's terrible. And it's, it, he acts like he's going out on a limb by saying he's going to support the police. You're damn right you're going to support the police. You're their boss. Well, we well compared the to the last guy, because the last guy was so anti-police, this is where Eric Adams makes points. I can't tell you how many times I have disagreements with people who go, well, at least Eric Adams likes the police. Like, like again, like you're saying, like that, 
Now, that's a big deal. Of course, you're supposed to like the police. The question is, you promised to make this a safer city, do all these great things for New York, and so far you've done dick. Can you make these things happen or not? You like the police? You don't deserve a medal for that. You should love the police if you live in New York City. That's right. We want some results. It took them a long time to uh, enact the broken windows policy to get this anti-crime, excuse me, Eric, the anti-gun unit out there, the neutered anti-gun unit. But uh, there's more to be done. There's more to be done, and you can do it. I know you don't have, uh, you know, power, direct power over legislatures and city council uh, people, but you do have the bully pulpit. Get up there and name names and call people out. Call out Stuart Cousins. Call out Carl Heastie. Uh, hold up a, a, a bloody shirt of a victim who was killed because of somebody who was out on no cash bail and say, listen, Carl Heastie, see this bloody shirt? This is somebody's son that got killed because of your policy up there in, in Albany. Change the law. Do something like that. Get dramatic. Uh, uh, that desperate times call for desperate measures. Let's do this, Eric Adams. We're sick of waiting. We're losing our patience. Anyway, uh, that's my uh, soapbox on, on Eric Adams right now. Uh, it's been, what, uh, like I said, 100 days or so? Well, uh, it seems like it's been no, more it's than more. 100 days. He, he, he celebrated his 100th day about two weeks ago. That's why he yeah, came right? on with you and I. He came on with you and I to talk about his That's 100 right. days. Right. That's and, right. And so, then, and then so, he put up some, a meme on Instagram, 100 days, and we've never looked better. Some nonsense that doesn't indicate at all what's going on in New York City. But he's on so many television shows and all over the place. He can say whatever he wants. Now it's up to the people to figure out what he's saying is not what's really going on. We're not stronger. We're not better. We struggled and we're still struggling. Stupid mandates and stupid rules and high taxes and people leaving every day of the week, including me. I left New York City. That's the truth. Not what Eric Adams yells and screams on New York One. I hate to break it to him, but we're worse off since he took over. Yeah, we are. Believe it or not. We are. We're a lot worse off. On the Bernie and Sid Show, 1-800-848-9222. We're going to speak to Congressman Peter King. A lot more of the Bernie and Sid Show to come, folks. Keep it right here. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. Well, speaking of Mayor Adams, he held a a press conference yesterday in the subway system because we have seen violent crime surge underground, like 60%. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's getting so bad. And, you know, so many probably robberies and, you know, guys fondling themselves and grabbing a breast here and there. God only knows. It's probably going underreported. You know know what's ironic about what you just said is with all the subway crime, I think we'd all agree, the three of us, Lydia, me, you, and Bernard, that the most famous of them all is Frank James, a.k.a. the subway shooter. And yet, and thank God, thank God, no one died that day. All these other attacks, people die. No one knows who the hell did it. This guy shot a lot of people, but no one died that day, thank God. No one died that day. And if he, imagine if he was a Trump supporter. Imagine if the guy was white. And he killed a bunch of black, and he and he shot a bunch of black people or something. I mean, this guy, look, it, he just completely disappeared. He just completely disappeared from off of our screens mm-hmm. because it doesn't fit the media's narrative once again. That's right. So they'd so be doing it on ma- CNN this morning. They'd be they'd be still reading his posts oh, from Facebook and Instagram. Oh, please, if it was if, 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 if he was a, a, a white supremacist, right? Yeah. If he was a white supremacist looking to kill black people, it would be it would be leading uh, Bernie's boyfriend David Muir tonight at six thirty. <laughs> just just like like just Jesse Smollett led the news for you know weeks on end. That's right because of. The narrative it was a good narrative. Right. It turned out I to be a hoax, pr- but it was a good narrative. 
Yeah, you had Kamala Harris. You had everybody and their mother talking about that story and calling him up and everything like that. I oh, guarantee uh, uh, you Robin, Biden hasn't Ro- called any of these victims. Robin Roberts was the worst. I mean, she sat there and cried on Good Morning America. And I've always liked Robin, her years with sports. And, oh, well, you know, cancer survivor, great story. But I lost a healthy amount of respect for Robin that morning and a lot of mornings for Michael Strahan as well. So it is what it is, folks. This is the America we live in today. Well, that is beautiful, Jesse. Could you... Jesse, justice for Jesse. Jesse, that was beautiful. Say it again, please. Oh, oh go ahead, lady. I'm sorry. Oh, so the poopetrator. Remember the poopetrator guy too? He, yes. He smashed the poop all over that poor Hispanic woman. Could you imagine again if it was a a white guy doing it to a black woman? I mean, it's just yeah. It, it's so sad because you see the you see the legislators. They care more about the black and brown suspects than they do about the black and brown victims because over ninety percent of the victims that we're seeing of the subways are people of color. That's that's a fact. That's a, mm-hmm. that's a fact. And those are the people that use the subway. See, it's the crime is spiraling out of control. So Mayor Adams, and also, by the way, Governor Hochul is planning on attending an MTA board meeting today. I found that out on the down low because she's obviously concerned because her, her polling numbers are in the toilet. And one of the reasons is because of the subway safety. And so Adams is now saying, you know what? He, he's like, oh, it's uh, we're issuing more cops. We're putting out more cops uh, on the subway. But a lot of these cops are on their cell phones. So now he's kind of blaming the cops. He's kind of turning on them a little bit. Yeah. Take, a, take a listen. Well, I am disappointed in the deployment of transit police personnel. I've shared this before. All of you who take the train, you know, you walk downstairs and you see five transit officers standing at the booth looking at their phone. Just can't we just can't continue to do that. We are going to start taking very aggressive actions to make sure police are patrolling our subway system Stop. and not patrolling Stop. their iPhone. All right, listen. Uh, so uh, you uh, are uh, going uh, to shut see up. Okay, that's fine. Listen, so I, I, listen, I, I, you got to listen to the last part. No, you but, but before you part. get to it, I'm going to tell you this. I, I know that of the three of us, I'm the only one that takes the train every day. Every day. The one, mm-hmm. the two, and or the three from this station down to Wall Street to get the ferry every day, including twice a week with my son, Gabriel. And I can promise you this, Bernie and Lydia, promise you this. In the five weeks that I've been taking that specific train, three different trains, to get to Wall Street, I have not seen a cop once. Go ahead, play it. Disappointed in the deployment of transit police personnel. I've shared this before. All of you who take the train, you know, you walk downstairs and you see five oh. transit officers standing at the booth looking at their phones. Just can't, you just can't continue to do that. We are going to start taking very aggressive actions to make sure police are patrolling our subway system and not patrolling their iPhone. And so you are going to see a visible difference in policing in the next couple of weeks to get those officers who are not doing their job to join those officers who are doing their job. And you need to see that. And if you see it, send me a picture. Let me know. Because I go to that, that district the next day and see exactly what's happening. Send me a shot. New Yorkers, you see that? Send me a photo, and I would be at that station. 
Wow. This is what we yeah, want to so do. We're going to rat out cops. Right, rat out cops. So, so for Wait, the do you guys have a cell phone? Do you have a cell phone? How's he getting these pictures? That's oh. that's just BS. Sorry. That's, that's just cheap BS. Shot. You see, but and Bernie, you, you say this all the time. Eric Adams giveth, Eric Adams taketh away. So yesterday, while he was at his uh, budget meeting, he's yelling and screaming, I love the cops, I'm for the cops. And today, today, he embarrasses the cops and talks about a healthy percentage being on their cell phones and not doing their job. That is the inconsistency that we see all the time, all the time. The one place that people always defend Eric Adams is, is, is with the cops, and right there he just embarrassed that whole force. And by the way, I, I, they don't have – do you have their back, Eric Adams? They're not sure that you have their backs. I mean, they're not going to be proactive. We've been through this a million times. Uh, by the way, didn't the city council strip the police of this qualified immunity? In other words – yes. They can get sued yes. uh, personally, so why should they uh, be proactive? I mean, why should they? A at the risk of uh, losing their homes, et cetera, and losing their livelihoods and their homes? You see, if he really and wants to prove, Bernie, this was just the best point I think anybody's made this morning on the show. If he really wants to prove he's at pro-police, that immunity deal needs to come back. That, Absolutely. That, that, is the, that is the one area where he would really show he cares about cops, because right now it's way too easy. He can't keep doing this. He's he's wishy-washy. You have to take a stand against the woke, the radical left, oh. the regressives. You either want this city safe or you oh. don't want it safe. Right. I do see a lot of cops on their phones. <laughs> I'm going to give it to him. I do. But like what you guys are saying, I don't blame them either for not getting involved. What's the point of arresting somebody when they just get out again? On Long Island, we had Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman on. He said there was three teenagers. They injured five cops. They rammed in, into patrol cars. They even had a gun in the car, and they were just let out because of the bail reform. So he's talking out of both sides of his mouth. And in Albanian, oh. I say this phrase all the time, you can't eat with two spoons. Mayor Adams, he has a lot of power. He does. He has a lot of power, and he needs to take a stand. Does he care more about the victims? Does he want to see another child die? They keep talking about the data. There's your data right there. How many more people have to get shot? How many more kids have to be killed? How many more subway riders have to be thrown in front of a subway before Mayor Adams says, you know what, Hochul, you know what, legislators, I'm done here. Because he has a lot of power. John Katzmatidis calls him the nation's mayor. If he really took a stand and brought this city back, he could end up becoming the governor. He could become the president of the United States. But instead, he seems more focused on pleasing the radical left and going out to the clubs. Oh, and I like oh, him. I like him, yeah. and I support him. Right. But he's got to stop. He's got to yeah. stop the welcome, wishy-washy. Well, well, welcome to the club. You finally arrived. We've been telling you this uh, for months, me, Bernie, and you're finally in the club. You want a drink while you're here? Welcome to the I club. Know. Yeah. Give me some tequila. Yeah. Give me some tequila because go. I'm disappointed. I, I'm disappointed, disappointed in him. Been he was a transit he's cop been himself. the same way, and he wasn't a good cop. Enough with the transit cop and all that nonsense. We had uh, Bernie Carrick. Had... We had Bernie Carrick on this show. He was the commissioner when Eric Adams was a cop, and he said that guy was more trouble than he was uh, making arrests. So enough with the. He was a cop. So what? There were servicemen too that come back, and they're not great. I think he had seven arrests during his uh, in 22 years, years as a cop. Right. Yeah, something, something like that. Some some ridiculously small amount. Uh, and, but you know what? Take a side. You stand with the cops. You tell them to crack some skulls. Desperate times call for desperate measures. The criminals need to fear the cops. They need to fear them. You have to be 100% on their side. You're going to back them no matter what. Right. And that, that's it. Until the that's crime it. problem is solved. 
Then we can go back to the niceties of, uh, you know, Correct. oh, excuse me, can you put that beer down? Yeah. i got to write you a ticket. Right. But in the meantime, the cops have to be, you know, they have to instill fear in these uh, criminals' minds. And, and also, yes, uh, there was the, the incident, the anti-crime, the anti-gun unit actually arrested 12 people, all with guns. Eleven of them got out uh, on no cash bail. Eleven out of twelve got out on no cash bail. You got to fix that. You got to use the bully pulpit. You got to call out the people who enable that. As I said before, the Stewart cousins, the Heasties. You have to hold up a bloody shirt and say, "Look, this is the result of your policies right here." This person who wore this shirt, this bloody shirt, they're dead. He could bring in the National Guard. This is a crisis. He could bring in the National Guard if he wanted to. He really could. He really could and say, you know what, since you guys aren't going to allow the legislators, Albany and Governor Hochul, you guys aren't, I'm going to appeal to the federal government to get my city safe. He could really send a message to them that I'm not going to take this anymore. But he's too busy trying to, you cannot appeal to both sides. That's what we do here in WABC Radio. Some people don't like what I say. They send me nasty messages, this and that, whatever. But you know what? The truth is the truth. And just like you said, sometimes, you know, it takes a while for somebody to come around. And I always, always try to be really fair to people. But at this point with Adams, it's like you've got 100 days. We've given you a chance. Take a stand. Take a stand. Be a man. I know he can be a man. He does a great press conference. He's very articulate. He's very charismatic. He's, 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 not he's very a smart articulate. freaking he, he, guy. He's not very articulate. He does a nice he's press conference. He dresses guy. nicely. He's okay. He's fine. He's not, he's not Einstein. Calm down. Look, at the end of the day, <laughs> you can't come out yesterday and say, uh, I, I want my cops, I want my cops, and come out today and talk about cops not doing their job being on a cell phone. You just can't do it. You're, you're either going to be pro-cop or you're not. And uh, talking about his cops on his cell phone is just more fodder for these a-holes out there that hate the cops and demean the cops and spit on the cops every single day. And when he says something like that, he's giving them more ammunition to stay exactly where they are. That's a terrible job by Eric mm-hmm. Adams. That was a terrible mm-hmm. message. So, I mean, maybe somebody has to get give out his cell phone since he says he wants all these text messages and he's going to go down to the subway station himself. So, I don't know, but cats at night, 5 o'clock. You don't want to miss it. John Katzmatidis, he was so fired up yesterday. We were asking Dr. Peter Mikolos to give him some blood pressure medication because we can't take it anymore. We're mad as hell. We can't take this anymore. We're seeing our city go down the toilet. We're seeing real estate. People are leaving in droves. I just had to pay my taxes. This Friday, actually, I have my my tax, my school tax due. I just got hammered with my other taxes. It's like they're punishing success. They're punishing the middle class. And for what? What services are we getting? We get nothing. I'm afraid to take the subway. That's why I drive in every single day. But here we I are. It ain't, w- easy. it ain't it easy. It ain't easy. WABC. We're trying to keep the get the truth out there. Let people know what's going on. And we're using our bully pulpit, right, to get the message out. And no doubt. Mayor Adams, he could hold a press conference, right? He could go. He could do it right now. He could get FBI. He could get the National Guard. If he's listening right now, he needs to stand I hear you, up. Lydia. I hear stand you. Up. I hear you. You know, Lydia, without a. Sorry. Great report. Thank you. Lydia Serrani. Cats at night, 5 o'clock. She's there. She's terrific. Right now it is time for the WABC radio clip of the day, and it's called Let Me Tell You with Joan Hamburg. You can get it on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Here, Joan talks about Melissa Rivers' relationship with the mother. Lies, my mother told me, tall tales from a short woman, is really funny. And it's Joan, and it's this mother-daughter joined at the hip. Did you ever feel like you were the deserted kid or no? 
oh, God, no. My parents were the parents that made it to every game. And when you're a teenager, you're like, oh, please stop already. I never felt that way at all. Even as an adult, I was like, God, too much. Like, leave me alone. Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too. Sid Rosenberg. Not good. Great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning and walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Back here on the okay, let's go. Back here on the Bernie and Sid show, and uh, our next guest. Well, he's irresistible. He was a congressional stud for uh, I think thirty years or something like that. He was my congressman. He's a great guy, great statesman, and a uh, very good-looking guy with all his hair. At, at, at his advanced age, he's still a very handsome guy. His name is Congressman Peter King, and we're honored to move him from seven forty to eight forty every Wednesday morning. Here he is. Good morning, Congressman King. Hey, Bernie, it's great to be with you and Sid. And uh, i got to say one thing, though. This, uh, I, I know you guys are getting an award from the police this weekend. Well, Saturday night, I was up at Mount St. Michael. Uh, I got the NYPD pipe band, gave me an award, Man of the Year. I walk in there with my wife, and I'm expecting all these guys to say great things about me. I'm not kidding. It was everybody. All I wanted to know is about Bernie and Sid. Is Bernie <laughs> getting better? And how you went to Cardinal Hayes, to Cardinal Hayes. Play Mount St. Michael. Is Sid ever going to come back? Or is he going to move to Hollywood? I mean, this is all you guys are talking about. I thought, oh, I expect to hear, hey, here's the greatest congressman we ever had. Here's a great human being. No, no, it's all Bernie and Sid, Bernie and Sid. So I'm fed up with you guys. Well, well listen, that's kind of you to say, Congressman King, but uh, honestly, you are, as I, I, I expressed this earlier, you are a beloved figure here in the New York, New York Tri State region. Everybody loves Congressman Peter King. You've been a great, great politician, statesman. I, 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 I choose to use that word, statesman, over politician. Oh, thank you. Because you've been just that for over, uh, I don't know, 30 years. You were the, the chairman of the Homeland Security Committee. You kept us safe for all these years. You did wonders for the police who were down when they needed money after 9-11. You got it for them. You were great, terrific, and it's an honor to have you here on the show, but also as a colleague here on 77 WABC. And I know you were honored up there in the Bronx uh, just the other day, and, and, and no better deserving person than yourself. Well, well, thanks, Bernie. And by the way, you know, you are talking about the firefighter before. I mean, that uh, firefighter client, there were so many firefighters like him. I'm, I'm, I'm God, it's terrible he was killed. But every day, those guys have to run into a fire. I can't imagine that. I can't imagine no. First of all, going up on the ladder, going into the second, third floor, fifth floor, the flames all around you. And uh, now my sister, she hangs a lot uh, down at uh, Breezy Point. She, she knows the family. These are great people, and there's so many like them. I've known so many over, over the years. And so it's the cops and the firemen. You know, all of the uh, freeloaders stand back and criticize them for this, criticize them for that. You know, you run into one building or, or uh, you go down one dark alley after a bad guy, you know, then you can talk and tell them to shut up you know what's mm-hmm. funny what you just said though is and maybe i'm just not hearing it from, from the same people but 
I don't hear a lot of criticism about the fire department. I don't. You know, the, the cops get just leveled every day, and they're the hunted at this point. I mean, they don't give any stats, yeah. these yeah. news stations, about how many cops are gunned down and murdered every single year. But I don't hear nearly the same amount of criticism about the fire department. It's not there. Sometimes you hear about it without getting into all the details. They talk about salaries and pay and what do these guys really do. You know, what they really do is go into fires. No, you're right, though. The cops do get most of the abuse because cops in every scene, the cops are always getting at least one person mad at them. The guy they lock up, the person they lock up is always going to say he got a bad deal. His family is going to say the cops are picking on him, the cops are abusing him. Well, firefighters are always helping people. You know, they're rescuing people. So they are on the good side, but still, low. I don't think they get the credit they deserve. It really wasn't until 9-11, I think, that the firefighters got the credit they deserve. But you're right, though, about the cops. I mean, they get so much abuse, so much uh, cheap shots taken from, like, the New York Times, from the AOCs of the world, from Kamala Harris. Pete, Pete, how, Pete how about your mayor? How about your mayor saying things like, hey, our cops need to get off the phones and do a better job on the subways? You can't say that in this day and age when cops are being maligned every single day. You can't say it now, and your leader should never say that. Because it sounds like when things are going bad, you're blaming somebody else. Now, when the cops make a big arrest, he's right out there taking the credit for it. Well, if he's taking the credit for that, then he shouldn't be bad-mouthing cops. If he has, if he has a problem with individual cops, take it off with him. Go to the precinct commander. Go right. to the unit commander. But don't be – because what it sounds like is he's saying, hey, I'm doing a great job. If it's not working, it's go to the cops. Well, he's in charge. And by the way, the average cop – over so 99.9% of them break their back every day to get the job done. And it's funny, now, all these years, under Ray Kelly and under uh, Bill Bratton, the cops got the job done. So the same cops who supposedly spend their time talking on uh, on the phone, they were locking on people left and right and saving all lives, especially black lives. Absolutely right. You know, the more I think about it, the more I, I, I realize but come to the realization, that was a real Bush, cheap-ass move, pardon my language, mm-hmm. on his part for, for saying that out loud. I mean, keep it internal. Say it internally. Don't go to the public and start saying, hey, these cops are on their cell. I mean, that was a real cheap move. But to, to move on, Congressman King, yeah. it is always darkest before the dawn. And it's been dark. It's been dark. We had the pandemic. We had the George, the overreaction to the George Floyd death and the riots and the cops. And I think this is the year, I think you would agree, things are turning around. And we're winning the culture wars. You had the uh, the Parental Rights Act. I mean, you have uh, Netflix. You have Disney losing $40 billion, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, of course, now you have Elon Musk taking over Twitter, which is a huge, huge deal. So I think, and, and the election's coming up, it's going to be a red wave. But uh, on the Elon Musk Twitter thing, don't you think that epitomizes the turnaround that we're witnessing in this year that's going to be a historical year, 2022? Absolutely. It's, uh, it's really a historic turnaround. And when I hear these people talking about Musk, if he gets in there, maybe he's going to slant the news. Maybe he's going to – nothing was ever more slanted than during the uh, 2020 campaign. That was an absolute disgrace. And I have no idea whether he's liberal, conservative. I mean, I've heard – He's all over the lot. He's an independent thinker. I don't really care what he is. Right. So long as he allows people to express their views, you know, looking back on it, if you, you know, historians write about this, that Joe Biden, that his son was involved in what he was involved in, the laptop, all of that, and that couldn't even be on Facebook or Twitter or anywhere. Talk about uh, censorship. Talk about trying to, you know, control the news. It's absolutely indefensible. But of all the issues, I think the one that really strikes home the most is this whole thing with Ron DeSantis down in Florida. 
I mean, we couldn't even have had this conversation three years ago. People would have thought you were crazy. Uh, you know, you think that uh, kindergarten kids should be uh, you know, uh, talked about gender change and uh, you know gender transformation. Yeah. I mean, all this uh, gay sex, straight sex, whatever. The kids, you know, four, five, six, seven years old. People have thought you were some kind of a pervert even talking about it. And now you find people in the teaching community and the media somehow think this is appropriate. And if you're against that, that makes you a homophobe. So I think <laughs> Ron DeSantis is right now really struck home. And that issue almost encapsulates what's wrong with the whole progressive movement. They're anti-cop. In many ways, they're anti-American. But to really strike at the heart of the family structure and the parents' right to uh, have some, at least some control of what the kids are being taught, uh, that I think that could be an issue that really rides home because it, it really shows the difference between us and them. When I say us, I'm talking about people who believe in traditional values, who work hard, want to get the job done, who support the cops, support the military. And the other side, this anti-American rabble that was throwing rocks and bricks and Molotov cocktails at cops during the race riots in 2020. Hey, Peter, as always, an amazing appearance. We love you. And uh, we love when you come on this show. And now you've got the primetime slot at 840. So thank you so much for a great appearance and uh, coming on Bernie and Sid and all that you do. We okay, love I'm you guys. I'm catch you night tonight at 5 o'clock. I'm going to let the boss know I'm coming on the show tonight at 5 o'clock. And after that, we're going to a dinner with General Petraeus. So oh, wow. That. Always, great, always great being with you guys. And Thank Bernie, you. everyone knows that you're going to come out stronger than ever because you're a tough son of a bitch. All right. And just be prepared. When you sit down for dinner tonight, the first thing General Petraeus is going to say to you is... Hey, how's Sid and Bernie doing? Anyway, thank you, Pete. Well, uh, <laughs> long live the king. <laughs> All right, That's we'll funny. take a uh, short break. We have the fourth and final hour of Bernie and Sid next. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway track. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. <laughs> Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. The great Congressman Peter K. Man, I love that guy. Another hour to come with the Bernie and Sid Show. we got a lot left, ladies and gentlemen. A lot. You, 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 you want to hear a Florida cop telling people, telling residents to shoot burglars if they come in the house? Oh, yeah, shoot them. We want you to shoot them. That's what we want you to do. Don't call 911. Shoot the damn burglar. Yeah, he actually said that. And uh, that's why we love Florida. That's why Sid's moving back to Florida after, uh, <laughs> what, December? No chance. No chance. Not no, happening. I'm done. No, but you're moving to Florida. That's the irony here. I'm done there. I did my 16 years. I'm going to California. You're going to Florida. I may at some point. Next may, year? Uh, what? At some I'm, point. Well, you know, I may have. Uh, can't, can't you have two residences yes, at this I, point? I no? do. I've got two right you now. You can do that. Yes. There you go. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be living it up like that. You'll be living like but, uh, Howard Stern and Marshall Limbaugh, doing the winters from Palm Beach and the summers from where you live now, Long Island. I don't know about Palm Beach. That may be a little out of my reach. Jupiter. Beach, Jupiter. Stewart. I like Jupiter. I, I know a lot of people in Jupiter, as a matter of fact. But anyway, yes, a lot more to come. A lot of drama here on the Bernie and Sid Show. If you missed the first three hours, we're going to encapsulate it all in the fourth hour. Coming up, ladies and gentlemen, keep it where it is.
Star, New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WBC. I'm a huge Steve Winwood fan. Play some of this Bernie and Sid's Steve Winwood. I love Well, today is such a tease sitting here doing this show with Bernard from this uh, beautiful Third Avenue studio. And it is just bright sunshine all day. But uh, temperatures. Expected to hit about 55 degrees. So where I live, it's basically like you, Bernard. It's like 48. It's not a beach day. Now, Sunday is supposed to be a lot of sunshine like this and 65. And last week, you may remember last Friday, that's what we hit in the city, and that was still nice enough for me and Danielle after the show on Friday to walk the beach. So Sunday may, in fact, be a beach day. Did the exact same thing on Friday. I oh, actually you did? walked the beach. I did, yeah. I, oh, that's great. In fact, I'll post a picture of it. We took some pictures, but it was gorgeous. Gorgeous. Yes. Yeah, so so uh, looking forward to Sunday, if, if what you say comes to fruition. Well, it's supposed to be sunny every day, the next four or five days, which is nice. It's been so gloomy. And temperatures go up a couple of degrees every day, 55 today, 60 tomorrow, 62 Saturday, and uh, like 65 Sunday. So it may, you may need a sweatshirt. I don't know. I, I'm shirtless. I don't care. But um, I just want to take advantage of where I moved. So I'm like waiting and waiting. Give me 70 and sunny. 70 and sunny in the city where we live is like 63 and sunny, right? Uh, yeah, typically in the spring. That's the way it works. You, you're coming, I, I'm coming down the Meadowbrook, the Loop Parkway, and I'm watching the, uh, the thermometer actually go from, say, 70 degrees to Sometimes down to 56, 57, yeah, yeah. 58 degrees. It's funny. Believe it or not. But it's that, true. It's true. That's the way it works out here at the show. You, you know, you, you pay a price. Of, you, oh, you, you pay a price, all right. <laughs> but but when, it gets, when it gets good, oh, it's the then best. it's great. Even it when is, it's bad. Nothing even when, better. Even when it's bad, it's great. There's nothing better. I know the average temperature by us during the summer is 74 degrees. I, I have to imagine it's closer to 80, even low 80s in the city. We only hit 74 on average, but... Um, Man, I, I, I walk outside some nights and take out the garbage. It's peaceful. It's quiet. There are no sirens, none of it. And I can smell the ocean from uh, where I am. Right. And it's just, I don't know. I, I mean, if you have the opportunity and you have the money. I mean, look, it's not cheap. It's not cheap. But if you have the opportunity and you have the money, and, you, and I understand convenience, I get it. Believe me, it was a lot easier for Gene to pick me up on the Upper West Side and come to work than it is now. Ricky does a great job, a lot easier. But the, the lifestyle, the quality of life, it's not even close. It's not even worth a, it's not even worth a debate, no. Bernard McGurk. Not even close. And just be patient. You're going to get this, uh, yeah, it's colder out here by the shore for a few more, well, up, I would say up until the end of June or something like that. And you're going to get, uh, you know, exasperated by it. But when, uh, as I said, when it kicks in in July and August, there's nothing like uh, the summer by the seashore. Nothing like living here and being able to work in New York City at the same time. I mean, it's just terrific. You don't have to travel anywhere. You don't have to, you don't have to go down to, uh, you know, uh, 
uh, off the shore of uh, what was it, Myrtle Beach, where everybody right, goes, right. South Carolina, yep. or some some place in Maryland. You don't have to do that. Miami, you're here. They still go to you're Miami. Here. Yeah, we're here. look at look at us, the two of us bragging. I know. Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> some some poor slob is getting off the you know the four train. Uh, you know, Bedford Park in the Bronx to, to Manhattan, and we're talking about, yeah, we live by the seashore, we work in Manhattan, it's great. Well, look, but, uh, it's a fact. It is, and it, it is the best of all worlds because, you know, I do enjoy the city, so I get the city during the day. But like I say, once I get on that ferry, I remember when I would, uh, you know, I drive upstate, for example, Bernie, you could appreciate this. And as soon as I hit the New York State Thruway, forgetting about the quick way, that's when I really knew I was almost home, but as soon as I hit there, I was like, uh, I'm gone. When I moved, Years ago, when you and I fought, back at WFAN in 2003, I had just moved to Tenafly, New Jersey. And as soon as I got over the George Washington Bridge, and Tenafly, by the way, Bernie, is exit one. It's as close to the city as you can get. But as soon as I got over the bridge, it was like I left the country. I loved it. It was green. It was plush. That's exactly the way I feel now once I get on the ferry. It's like I'm leaving the country. I'm, I'm on vacation almost every day. Exactly right. It's the way I feel. It never changed. I've been out here for, let's see, 30 years, 30-plus wow. years. Wow. And uh, every time, I never take it for granted coming down the Meadowbrook and the Loop Parkway, the scenery, the ocean, the marshes. It's just absolutely gorgeous, beautiful. New York State has some of the mo- most beautiful beaches in the world. It does. And they're, they're right here close to the city, but they're well-kept secrets. People go out to the Hamptons. Why are you going out to the Hamptons for three hours in traffic when you could go right here? Uh, well, well, don't don't tell them to go there. Go to the I Hamptons. I know. I'm, 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 I'm letting it out now. But right. Get out is, of here. It's really spectacular out here. Well, here's my dilemma, though. So now I got to check the weather. So, I, you know, I go upstate a lot, obviously, because my mom, Naomi, who you folks love, she's become a cult hero at WABC. She um, she still lives in uh, in White Lake, six miles outside of Monticello. And, in fact, she just came home. In fact, she's coming home tonight. I stand corrected. She's coming home tonight with my sister, Ray Sherry, and brother-in-law, Albert, back to Brooklyn. And then uh, my niece, Jennifer, bought a house in New City. And then they take my mom back to, uh, to upstate New York. And we always make our way up there, Bernie, a couple of weekends during the summer so that my kids can see Rara. That's Grandma. That's my mother. And my sisters and the whole family. And it was nice living in the city on a nice weather weekend to go to the pool. But now on a nice weather weekend, I don't want to leave the ocean. So nope, I'm nope. actually looking for weekends where it's going to be rainy <laughs> to go right. upstate. I'm wasting my time. I could be on the ocean, right? Uh, exactly right. Listen, uh, I don't want to sound like a snob, but uh, we have uh, the residents here on Long Beach, Lido Beach, whatever. We have this thing called the no-bridge rule. We don't go anywhere where you have to cross the bridge to get off this barrier island. Is that right? Nowhere. Is that I mean, right? This is it because you leave. I mean, why? What's the point? Where, where, where are you going? Well, this you got. Well, place. no, but you're like me. I got. I got to go. To my mom. You got to get your father up there in upstate New York once in a while. Oh well, that. I mean, that's a different story. But yeah. uh, as far as you know, friends are saying, "Hey, come out here for a little." While. No, no, no. Oh God, I'm no. staying here. No. You come yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're staying here, and uh, we're not going over the bridge because this is the destiny. This is where everybody comes. This is where the. Uh, this is. You know, the beautiful summer days, this is where people come. And Jones Beach and other places. Yeah, all those places, Beach. Yeah. I mean, look, I, right. I, I spent a fortune last summer, you know, Bernard, to uh, join that Carolina Country Club. Very nice people right there at Atlantic Beach on the ocean. 
And uh, I thought to myself, between the money I spend on rent in New York City and to park Danielle's car in New York City, and now the money on top of that to go to this, this uh, Fakakta Beach Club in Atlantic, Atlantic Beach, I could buy a nice house. So I bought a nice house. But uh, way, to, way to go. Congratulations. That is the solution to your problem. Forget the stupid beach club. Get the hell out of Manhattan and uh, live out here. And you know what's funny is uh, Eric Adams, of course, is still my guy because I still live in one of the boroughs, obviously. So even though I moved out of Manhattan, it's not like Eric Adams isn't the boss where I live. You know, he is. Of course he is. You know. Sure he is. But it just feels different, man. I don't know. I feel like, you know, Manhattan is one thing. And, uh, and I live right by Brooklyn. You know that, Bernard. I go over that bridge. I'm in Brooklyn in, uh, in five minutes. It just feels different. Now, do you have the no parking rule by you? Because after May 15th, you cannot park on the streets in my neighborhood. I love that. Exactly, exactly the same date. You, you can't do it. Uh, you're not allowed to because they don't want people coming in just parking and then go, well, walking to the beach. Right. But, uh, yeah, we, well, we have, uh, you know, driveways, garages, so it doesn't affect us, but it does keep people away. It keeps the outsiders away from us, uh, special protected people. Man, we must sound like I mean, really, horrible, horrible no, snobs. Real disgusting. I mean, real a-holes. This is like I was talking about, uh, should I go to Westwood I mean, this weekend or should I go to go Central Park West? Which How's one? your yacht doing, Bernard? <laughs> just, just, just for the record, I didn't bring it up. Just for the record, Listen, I'm here going along. I, I, I with, did uh, bring it up because it's all new to me and it's exciting to me, and it was always my dream to live on the ocean. I mean, I lived in Boca Raton for 16 years, but I lived so far west in Boca. And believe me, I live a beautiful house. I still own it. Gorgeous, gorgeous neighborhood. But even alligators don't go that west. Trust me. So uh-huh. I, you know, I, had a, I joined the Boca Beach Club, which was a ton of money, you know, a waste of money, by the way. Uh, it cost me a fortune. And it took me 20 minutes. I had to drive east 20 minutes, Bernie, every day to get to the beach. I've no never good. been this close to the water. And, and Danielle and I, we don't like the beach. We, you know, we love the beach. Of so course, I'm yeah. excited. It's, it's a new thing. I mean, look, again, my community, which I'm, I'm brand new, is, uh, is uh, going through this difficult time this week with the loss of Timothy Klein. Again, he grew up. His parents live very, very close, very, to where I just moved. So the next couple of days is not going to be all beautiful sunshine uh, in Bell Harbor, in Breezy Point, in Rockaway Beach, that area. But if I sound excited for the most part, Bernie, it's because I am. Hey, let me ask you this. Uh, you can't ride a bike. No. I think there's something else that uh, everybody does that you cannot do. Yeah. Not sex. I'm good at that. Are you allowed to swim? I'm a great I mean, swimmer. You, great oh, swimmer. You are a good swimmer. Yes, okay. yes, yes. So you're going to go out there and do laps. In the ocean? Yeah. Let me tell you something, bro. I go in the ocean for one reason. One reason. You know why? Uh, uh, let me guess. Uh, to get wet? No, not even to get wet, not even to cool off, because the 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 best tan you could ever get, and you know nobody knows about tanning than I do, is is when you add the salt water to whatever cream or spray or oil you apply to the body. So I literally walk down to the ocean. With my hearing aids, I can't really swim for a long period of time anyway because they get ruined. I put that salt water on my body to enhance my tan, just to cool off. Otherwise, I could be in the beach for eight hours, and I spend maybe ten minutes in the water. That's it. Yeah, because that's what, that's what people are saying when they look at uh, Sid Rosenberg. Man, he could use more sun. He really, he could use a little more of a tan, this guy. Look at him. He's very, very pale. Casper the ghost. I mean, uh, ew. That's the first uh, thing Chaz Palminteri, here I go again, you're talking about us, uh, two days ago said to me when he, he arrived at the set to shoot Grey's End, he goes, 
How are you tan like this all the time? And the truth is, right now, it's not outside. I have to go buy it on 73rd Street and Amsterdam Avenue for $35 for uh, 15 minutes. You could be as tan as I am. But uh, during the summer, man, that's it. It's, I'm out there for seven, eight hours, a little bit of salt water on the body. I buy that uh, tanning lotion, uh, just so you know, Bernie, that is uh, made out of coffee. And it's the color and smells like coffee. So I sit there and sizzle. Like a steak, like a steak at Empire Steakhouse. That's how right. I do well, it. You know, you are the <laughs> antithesis of me. I like to take a walk on the beach and get the hell off. I don't like sitting there. No, I know you It's don't. too hot. <laughs> it's just in the water or take a walk and, and back to the house. That's it. No and you, well, you also did a lot of bike riding for many years. Well, I do that. Yeah, of course. We have uh, the boardwalk here. I do that as well. Bike riding, uh, you know, running, swimming, whatever the hell. All these things that uh, we're I'm very fortunate. Uh, I'm doing the sign of the cross. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, <laughs> for bestowing this uh, fortune on me, this, this good fortune yeah. and this great lifestyle. Uh, I really do appreciate it. it. Is the boardwalk and I don't mean to boast. I'm not trying no, to you're boast, not, you're not to, boasting to, to, to the listeners at you, all. You, you appreciate your life, which is great. Now, is the boardwalk by you, is it wood like Coney Island? Like the boardwalk by well, me is not wood. It's just it's regular it, it, cement. What, what is it, Louis? What would you call it, it, that? I'm just amazed that this what? is still going on. <laughs> it's like it's hey, the golden uh, let me you tell know, you tiles this, by this you. This is how you get big ratings. I'm telling okay, you, trust all right. me. All right, I'm uh, Yeah, I'm sorry, but what yeah, are you going to say? Wood. Well, it's, no, no, it's wood. It used, it used to be wood. It's now some sort of uh, you know plastic type of uh, whatever material it is. I don't know what it is. It simulates wood, but it is beautiful. It is gorgeous. They redid it after Sandy. Yeah, and it's just a—it's uh, a blessing to have here, uh, uh, you know, along the shore. Oh, they uh, do, five minutes from my house. They redid it after Barack Obama and Chris Christie That's walked right. hands in hands and made out together on the beach. You know, uh, last thing Bernie mentioned the fact, and he embarrassed me, which is fine. I don't know how to ride a bicycle. I've never ridden one in my whole life. But uh, to add to it, on the way out here, so there's not one, but there are two surf shops that are not far from my house. And uh, both owners <laughs> have reached out to me and offered me and my family surf lessons. You know, free all that stuff. We'll take you out there. We want to get you. Know, we want to meet you. Right. And and I don't. I just don't have the heart to tell them. I can't even ride a bike. What makes you think I can surf? My God, could you imagine me on a surfboard, Barney? You never no, see you again. Not at all. Don't embarrass the no. shop owner like that. <laughs> but I tell you, I, I could actually see Bernie on a surfboard. You ever done that, Bernie? Uh, I've given it a shot, but not 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 a lot, not a lot. But no, you, were, but not, you uh, were able, but you were able to get up at some point, actually do it. No, Honestly. yeah, I've got I've gotten yeah. up on it. I've stood up on it, but I like wow. the body surf. You I do like the body surf. That's what I. No, no maintenance, no equipment. You just go in, you ride the waves, get out, go home. Bing, bang, boom, you're done. All right, that's well, my uh, that's my mo right there. Well, there you but have Lou's it. right. I think this is a. Uh, this is, people are sufficiently nauseated by our conversation at this point. I mean, if I am. <laughs> I live Not that people there. love it. Come on, they're excited. The weather's nice, whether they're going to Fire Island or the Hamptons or the Jersey Shore. They're all doing the same exact thing. They may not own the house right there, but everybody is excited for the warm weather, going to the beach, and True. they want to know what Bernie and Sid are doing, and now you know it. Not riding their True bikes. That. True that. One eight hundred eight four eight WABC. One eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Talking about warm weather and the beaches, Bernie is going to tell you why, above and beyond the obvious, which is the warm weather and the beaches, why Florida is such a great place. He's going to tell you that next. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
Me, you, and Gabe take Wave Runners to Lobster, to Jordan's. Oh, we love Jordan's. Pick up Bernie on the way. And uh, he's a big shot in Atlantic Beach, uh, Joan and Giada. Great guy. Great, great, great guy. And uh, Rayo's and uh, the Peter Luger, the whole thing. And uh, he's always very, very kind. Bernie, you back? I am back. So, Bernie, uh, we, we broke last segment, and I said, you're going to tell everybody, above and beyond the obvious, which is, hey, the weather is great, it's clean, all that uh, down in Florida. You played something this morning that makes anybody uh, have rational right, want to move there. Yeah, you are damn right. It, it, you know there was a, uh, a homeowner. He was burglarized while he was in the home, and uh, he shot the guy, killed him, and was afraid to call the police because he thought he would be in trouble. So this uh, this uh, this is cut twelve, by the way, Lou. So uh, anyway, they had a whole big deal. This is La Rosa County. I believe La Rosa County in Florida, Sergeant Bob Johnson held a press conference after this episode, this incident, and he said this about if somebody burglarizes your home while you're there. I guess you could call it a home invasion as well. But anyway, this is what Sergeant Bob Johnson said. Play the clip, please, Lou. If somebody's breaking in your house, you're more than welcome to shoot them in Santa Rosa County. We prefer that you do, actually. Santa Rosa County, oh, and we, you we, you, you're more than welcome to shoot them, and we prefer that you do. Yes, love it. this is exactly why I love Florida. That Governor DeSantis during the riots, he came out and he said, "Look, you have somebody. If uh, somebody's looting, uh, attempting to loot your store, shoot them. We're not. We we have your back. Shoot them. Shoot them. Shoot the kill." He also said, "If a, a crowd uh, surrounds your car and tra- and traps you, you can't drive away." Drive over them. Run them over. We have your back. That's what Florida is all about. That's the spirit of Florida. That's why I love Florida and the whole sentiment. I mean, not, not necessarily the uh, geographical location itself, though it is beautiful. And don't get me wrong. Florida is, is, is chock full of lunatics and crazy people. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, let's, really, not forget, let's not forget that, yes, uh, Ron is a Republican and Rick Scott was a governor before. He was Republican, but. Uh, for example, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, she has won down there forever. She's like Chuck Schumer in Fort Lauderdale, and she is to the left of Bernie Sanders. So there yeah. are there are tons of uh, psycho. You know, Charlie Chris had success down there. There have been tons of others. Psycho Democrats, but thank God at the very, very top, it's Republican, and, and you feel that way, especially during the COVID days. I can tell you I was there early on when New Yorkers, and New Yorkers are still, still, Walking around with masks on outside on a 60-degree day, that was over in Florida 18 months ago. Over. Right. But, but you still it's still a, a sort of a 50-50 state. I would say 51-49, too close for comfort. Uh, witness uh, this, uh, the, the guy who almost won the, the gubernatorial race, uh, this uh, Gillum guy, this yeah. gay meth head. I mean, he's, he, was, he was a total loser, degenerate. And he almost won the race. I mean, if it yeah, was you know Donald Trump endorsing uh, Rick, uh, Ron DeSantis, right. he'd be the governor. But you know why Gillum almost won? Tell me. He's black. Is that why? Right, of course. Uh, are you uh, kidding me? A chance at a black governor? Oh, come on. And again, I'm not saying that every African-American person who wins wins because of that. I'm not saying that. 
But if well, you w- don't think that's a huge, huge advantage, then you're somewhere between naive and stupid and closer to the latter. Well, you have uh, you, you do have that from the, the guilty white liberals. They're yes. Like, oh, yeah. Makes me feel good. It's a virtue signal vote to vote for the black guy, despite the fact that he was an empty suit. And again, uh, a gay meth head, a drug addict, a degenerate found in a hotel room, passed out with drugs sprinkled all over his face with his pants down around his ankles. Come on. Really disgusting. Who, who's, who's the fat girl that uh, is now is worth millions and millions of dollars? She was basically destitute. She lost the gubernatorial race in Georgia. What's, that, what's her name? Oh, Stacey Abrams. Yeah. She didn't lose. Oh, she, you're right. She got It was rigged. You're right. But, yeah, again, on, she's black. About? You want to go to uh, Kamala Harris. All I heard about was she's black, and, and, she's, and she's a woman, and she's black, and she's a woman, and she's black. Well, how about somebody who's good at their job? God damn it. Yeah, how about that? How about the best? How about we, we, we don't consider race and gender for the Supreme Court, for vice president, for governors, for anything? How about we go for the best, the, 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 the cream of the crop, and that's it? A colorblind society, Martin Luther King, he was the champion of that. And they ran away from Martin Luther King, of course. Uh, listen, back to Sergeant Bob Johnson, one other thing he wanted to know, he wanted to let people know in his uh, county there, if you're not good with a gun and you want to kill a burglar in your house, I can help you out. Cut 13, Lou, please play that. We have a gun safety class we put on every other Saturday. And if you take that, you'll shoot a lot better and hopefully you'll save the taxpayers money. You gotta love the mentality. <laughs> just it's like the matter of fact, you know, just, just kill them and yeah. you save the taxpayers money. We'll bury the, the deceased. Don't worry about it. I mean, it's just great stuff. And that it, it embodies the spirit of Florida these days. And of course, uh, you know, this Florida, DeSantis, by the way, is up for re-election, uh, this, He's running against Charlie Crist this yeah. November. Chris, yeah. He's way ahead in the polls. He's way, kill way, him. way ahead in the polls. Yeah. Not even close. But, uh, again, this is going to be the pivotal year. We talked about it. Been talking about it for days, weeks, months. This is going to be a pivotal year. Uh, and, of course, the Elon Musk Twitter thing, that is, like, that is, as I said last week when, it, when we first heard about it, this is seismic, free speech, a level playing field, for God's sake. I mean, because of Twitter, the election was rigged, and that's why we have this imbecile down there and this idiocracy running this uh, country. But either way, there was this guy on MSNBC. His name is Ari Melber, and this guy is so stupid, so clueless. He actually he, he, he complains. He worries about what might happen as he describes what did happen to the Republicans in the lead-up to the 2020 election. Uh, listen to Ari Melber. This is cut number four, Lou. Please play that. If you own all of Twitter or Facebook or what have you, you don't have to explain yourself. You don't even have to be transparent. You could secretly ban one party's candidate or all of its candidates, all of its nominees, or you could just secretly turn down the reach of their stuff and turn up the reach of something else. And the rest of us might not even find out about it till after the election. <laughs> exactly what happened. Sound in, familiar? In November. I mean, come on. And, and, and he, he says it with a straight face, this moron. Like, he, it doesn't occur to him. Either way, that's how stupid these uh, woke-card liberals are on MSNBC. And uh, anyway, yes, it's going to be a great year. Hochul, uh, she's going to – by the way, this Swazi thing that you, you, you laid on me yesterday, yeah. him backtracking yeah. on the, uh, the Parental Rights Act, he said, it sounds reasonable to me that, you know, that uh, kindergartners shouldn't be uh, – 
subjected to talk about penises and vaginas mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. sex. Mm-hmm. That sounds reasonable. And he walked it back to some liberal. No, he, he, didn't, he didn't walk it back. He ran it back. He ran it back. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's absolutely stunning. I told stunning. you. It's stunning. And we had the ensuing phone call, and he said, Sid, I'm worried about the kids getting bullied. And I said, hey, Swazi, baby, I got bullied. I ain't gay. My son Gabe gets bullied every day on the Upper West Side. He ain't gay. That's nonsense. It's an excuse. You have an opportunity to come on tomorrow and really explain why. Tell us the truth. Maybe somebody said, I'm not giving you campaign money. Maybe some Democrat, whatever it is, come on tomorrow. And he said, and I quote, I can't. I'm going on with Len Berman. And there's more people walking on this specific sure. block on Third Avenue right now than listening to Len Berman on any given weekday, and we're number one. Right there, Tom Swazi told you, maybe a nice guy, he's full of it. He's like every other Democrat, he's got no chance of winning. And he's a liar. Worried about kids getting bullied because you don't have some uh, some green-haired, uh, you know, pervert with a nose ring talking sex to your kids. Somebody's going to get bullied? I don't think so. Kids are not aware of sex at that point. They're just not aware. I mean, they're going to, I mean, kindergarten through third grade, first of all, it should be higher. It should be eighth grade. It should be 12th grade. But they're not going to get bullied, especially at that young age, because no, these kids, they don't know. Just don't talk. But the point is, is no, no bullying is going to go around. You have these teachers that are grooming these kids for, for who knows, God knows what reason, to abuse them maybe or, or to validate their own existence. That's what it is. So when they talk about bullying, this, these are, uh, to, to use their words, these are Democrat talking points. Just say, just use the word bully, and uh, that'll shut them up. They won't know what to say. Well, shut up, Tom Swazi. We know what to say. You're, you've been exposed. And uh, now that he's walked it back, it's going to make it more difficult for him to beat Kathy Hochul in the primary uh, because that was a position. He was, he was carving out, staking out a nice middle ground position for himself. And for him to not support the Parental Rights Act, he's probably walking around calling it the Don't Say Gay Bill now at this point as well because he's a liar and a weasel. So, Tom Swazi, uh, you suck. That's all I have to say on the Bernie and Sid show. <laughs> hey, listen, it's time for the WABC Radio Clip of the Day. Listen to Let Me Tell You with Joan Hamburg on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Download wherever you get your podcast. Here, Joan talks with Melissa Rivers about the death of her moms. Your mom taught you no matter what that funny is funny and you have to laugh even during tragic moments to get through and you do that too with your own i mean the loss of your mom was not only devastating to you but to your son he had this incredible relationship with his grandmother 100 percent, and i had to get him through it which i think in hindsight helped me get through it now, it's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. Look funny talking about Twitter before the game, so I put up that picture, the iconic picture from uh, two days ago. Lou, you love that picture. Me, Chaz, Vinny, and uh, Bo Deedle. And you know who liked Distinguished. The, yes. You know who liked the picture on Twitter last night? You ready for this? It's a big star. I mean it. 1.8 million followers on Twitter. None other than Ice T. That's then it, big, yes. Yeah, but it occurred to me, you know why? <laughs> uh, you know why that happened, don't you? Because he was on the wrong page? <laughs> Probably. He doesn't know the hell I am, I'm sure. But he is on Law and Order. 
And Chaz Palminteri was on the very first ever Law & Order, the mob one, the new one. So he probably keeps in touch with Chaz. So he was liking Chaz's picture. Just happened to be on my page. I don't, well, think, I don't think Ice-T could pick me out of a lineup. I but. think he could. Well, maybe one day he will be in a lineup, <laughs> yeah, and he see will what you pick did? you up. I got you it. see that? He's yeah, the guy not on the bunny. He's not on the surfboard either. <laughs> <laughs> Here is Roberto uh, in uh, Holy, Pennsylvania. Good morning, Roberto. How are you, pal? I'm good. I'm good, but I'm not in Holly. That's where I live. Actually, Sid, six degrees of separation. I'm on 17B in White Lake, New York. You've got to be kidding me. Where do you? I'm on the side of the road. I'm looking at a Quickway Diner. Take it from Pete. Take it oh from Pete. Oh my God! And only, now, what are you doing there? I I work in retail, so I travel around. I have a sales. Route. Oh my God! You're right there. Yeah, just so well, my mom is actually coming back tomorrow. But feel free to stop by okay. and say hello to Naomi. There you go. Uh, that is uh, pretty cool. Thank I don't you. think I'll be stopping by. <laughs> you got it. Swinging in on your mom, but thanks. Uh, <laughs> all right, Roberto. Here we go. Number one, the three-mile-long Golden State Strait connects what bay with the Pacific Ocean? San Francisco. That's very good. The first major Allied victory over the Japanese in World War II was the Battle of what located in the Pacific Ocean northwest of Hawaii? What was that called? The Battle of what? World War II. Oh, man. That's a tough one. That was uh, the Battle of... Uh, the answer is the Battle of Midway. That was the answer. And number three, the, the 1917 law under which Edward Snowden was charged in 2013 is not called the Spying Act, but what act? Treason. It's close. Not We're a bad guess. Back it's actually called the Espionage Act. On August 10th of 1917, during World War One. Who was appointed to serve as food administrator for the war effort and would later on become the 31st president of the United States? I'll give you a hint. Want a hint? Yeah. Vacuum. Oh, come on. Vacuum, Roberto. Come on, brother. No? Not always with the president. Matthew. How about uh, your second hint? Damn. Dam, as in D-A-M. No? All right. We're looking for uh, Herbert Hoover. Herbert Hoover. And finally, in 2016, presidential candidate Gary Johnson seemed unfamiliar with what Syrian city called Halab in Arabic. Oh, he got uh, two. Uh, um... He got beat up for this, yeah. Tough. Oh, he got beat up for this. Uh, he got, he got, uh, t- oh, my goodness. It's hard. All right, don't worry about it. Well, I'm not going to say it now because Bernie's probably back. Oh, you got uh, you got the first one right. That's the good news. And then a bit yeah. of a hiccup after that. This is a very difficult game, though. I imagine Bernie will have a tough time, too. But we'll see. Let's uh, put Roberto on hold and bring back the champ, the great Bernard McGurk. Bernie, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Sidney Rosenberg. I'm okay. Tough Thank game. This is, a, this is a very tough game. If you do well today, I'm not going to say I'd be surprised because you're brilliant, but it, it's a tough game, okay? All right. Here we go. The and By the way, the contestant only got number one right. That was it. The three-mile-long Golden State Strait connects what bay with the Pacific Ocean? 
Uh, San Francisco. Bay. That's right. The first major Allied victory over the Japanese in World War II was the Battle of what, located in the Pacific Ocean northwest of Hawaii? Uh, that would be the Battle of Midway. Yes. You've already won today's game. Let's see how you fare the rest of the way. In 1917, excuse me, the 1917 law under which Edward Snowden was charged in 2013 is not called the Spying Act, but what act? The Espionage Yes. Act. Oh, Bernie. In Fuego, number four, on August 10th of 1917 during World War One, who was appointed to serve as food administrator for the war effort and would later on become the 31st president of the United States? Uh, that would be... You want uh, a hint? You don't, you don't even need a hint, do you? Yeah, yeah, I'll take a hint. I gave this guy two hints. I gave him vacuum and damn. <laughs> Oh, Herbert Hoover. That's right. He still didn't get it, by the way. And uh, finally. I mean, it... I would have counted down to the uh, Herbert Hoover <laughs> thing, but uh, I'll take the hint. There he you th- go. gets a hint, I'll take the It's hint. only fair. Uh, 2016 presidential candidate Gary Johnson seemed unfamiliar with what Syrian city called Halab in Arabic? Uh, that would be... Yeah, yeah, I remember. It was this. a big uh, deal. You and I, in fact, that was the first year you and I were together. Yeah, uh, let's see. It's either Damascus or no. Aleppo. Uh, I guess I'll go with Aleppo. Thanks. Wow, that is a very impressive effort. Bernhard goes five for five on a difficult day. Final score: Bernie five, Roberto one. Bernie Silver, Roberto, nice guy up by uh, White Lake right now. What is up, Roberto? Hey, Bernie, congratulations. All the best, brother. Keep swinging. God bless. Uh, certainly will. Thank you. Yeah, uh, Listen, White Lake, uh, Catskill Mountains, uh, you're living a life, no? I don't live here. I live in a separate mountain range over in Pennsylvania, which we okay. call the Upper Delaware. So I just it's, a, it's an hour drive over one mountain range to get to where I am now. Sounds just as pretty. I hope you're enjoying Beautiful. it. Uh, Absolutely gorgeous. It, I'm going to go see Naomi tomorrow. I think like six o'clock. I can pick her up for dinner. We'll get right down. I don't know. Maybe she wants some brother Bruno's. Maybe she wants some brother Bruno's. Uh, You know, I don't know. Uh, He's getting frisky with your uh, mom's dish. Listen, it's been my father's gone a long time. She could use some action. Go ahead. You want the address? No, listen. No, I don't mean. No, I'm not being a wise guy. But yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot for uh, letting me play. All the best to you and your family. God bless you guys. Love you. Listen every day I can for as long as I can. Thank you. Appreciate Roberto. it, Roberto. Thanks very much. 1-800-848-9222 on the Bernie and Sid Show. We're going to close it out after uh, this short break right here. Take it away, Lou. Beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Oh, good tune. You just occurred to me, by the way, after the uh, the beach conversation, I don't have a bathing suit. So today, after the show, I'm going to go home and uh, buy a bathing suit. Walk up and down the boardwalk, and um, I don't know how much they cost these days, maybe 30 or 40 bucks, I don't know. But um, if I want to go in the ocean, which I don't ordinarily, it's too cold now anyway. Oh, my uh, God, no way. Well, no way. But I need to buy a bathing suit, so uh, I don't have one. 
And the last time I bought one was probably, God, I don't know, maybe six, seven years ago. So that's my well, afternoon. Let's wear your tidy whities Don't worry about it. <laughs> you do that? You wear a pair of shorts? Yeah, I got, well, I have bathing suits. See, but, I don't. Uh, my neighbor, by the way, my neighbor texted me. My boardwalk, my neighbor Sean Schaefer texted me. The boardwalk is wood from Brazil. It's called Ipe Wood. Is that true? Ipe Ipe Wood. Yes. And oh, it's, uh, fancy. It's yeah. it's it's kind. Of, it feels like plastic, but I I guess it's it's Brazilian wood. How what about are you gonna that? Do? Well, there you have it, folks. So well, uh, yeah, yeah. So it was a. I was gonna make a, I was gonna make a sexual joke, but <laughs> I stopped myself. Some Brazilian wood. Uh, I I and whenever you say Brazilian for some reason, anybody says Brazilian. I think of the same thing, that uh, well, the wax, to be honest. That's exactly where I go. The Brazilian wax, which women seem to uh, seem to love. So um, tomorrow you got the NFL draft. Hey, uh, quickly, Luke Lograno, before we uh, we go here, what uh, what was Chris Bassett's, the pitcher for the Mets? The Mets have the best record in baseball. They're 14-5. and five. Six more shutout innings from Bassett yesterday. And they have a chance to sweep St. Louis later on today. What was... Um, what was his uh, complaint about the baseball last night? Chris Bassett was complaining about the fact that since the Mets have been uh, hit an inordinate amount of times by balls this year. Not just, just hit, but you have to make the specific point they've been hit in the head. Yeah, P. Alonso got hit in the head last night, but a ton of a ton of players have been hit. I believe it was like 15 different players who have been hit by a pitch this year. He's complaining about the quality of the ball and how the MLB will do nothing about it. Essentially, that the MLB knows that the ball is bad, knows that the pitchers don't have a good grip on it, but they don't care. Well, there you have it. Uh, that, there was some controversy been on last night with the Mets win. Three different Mets players got hit all in the head again last night, and and uh, Alonzo has been hit in the head twice. Head. Well, twice. Why, why is it? What? Why isn't the opposing team getting hit in the head as well? Uh, well what, that's that's a case. very good question. What's the answer to that, uh, Luke? Come on, Luke. I mean, I'm just going to tell you that the Mets pitching staff is just so good they know how to control the ball. <laughs> <laughs> or the other team is throwing at the Mets. Uh, it could be. Hey, it could be. I don't know. You know why is he the, playing with uh, the baseballs? Why not? Why yeah. not stand, you go out there like they did last night and start fights with the other team? You know. Yeah. But do, you, do you really need to peg James McCann? Like, what's he doing? I mean, <laughs> I mean, of all people, right? What James did Mark McCann do to anyone? <laughs> right. Exactly. No, you're right. So um, I have to be be out of here on time today because I don't know about the rest of you, but ten o'clock. I can't wait to watch the funeral of Madeleine Albright, the former Secretary of State on MSNBC. You talk about great television. They've been promoting that all morning long. Can you imagine worse programming, God rest her soul, than a Madeleine Albright funeral coming up at 10, Bernard? Uh, God almighty, no. I would rather watch, uh, I just, uh, I would rather watch, you know, a cat get dissected on TV or something like that. <laughs> Madeline Albright's funeral? Yeah, I mean, 10 o'clock. That's their programming? That's a big deal. I mean, she, you know, she was uh, an accomplished lady, but I don't think that accomplished. Well, she was the first female. Here we go again. Here we go. The first female Secretary of State. It's important. I mean, even even Joe Biden is going to eulogize her today. It'll be great if he calls her somebody else. That would be just fantastic. <laughs> Here By we way, are today for the like- funeral of somebody else. <laughs> Uh, that would be funny, but didn't she die about two months ago? Yes, no, like a month I mean, ago. Or get in the side. Ice? She's been on ice all this time. Uh, I, I, I don't know. She died like What's, a month ago. What the hell's going on? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But that is uh, the, that is the big TV. That, I guess that's the big uh, political news today. Is that uh, today's her big funeral? So let me show you check. All that right. Out. Well. You let me know how it goes. Right, <laughs> I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> I'm going to watch the Mets this afternoon, a little basketball tonight. Get ready for the NFL draft coming up tomorrow. Walk the beach and buy a bathing suit. And uh, come in tomorrow morning and do this great show with you, Bernard, all over again. Look forward to it, Sydney. 
That was a great Let's job do today, this. brother. Great job today, buddy. Thank you so much. It was great. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Listen, all the love. Great job you did, yourself. And don't worry about what we talked about this morning. No, I'm actually past it. You actually made me feel better. So thank you, Bernie. Thank you. That was uh, that was great support and a great job as always. The rest of you guys, terrific. Luke Lograno, Lou Rafino, Justin Ellick, Frankie Diaz with an E, Deb Valentine. Enjoy your Wednesday, your sunny Wednesday in New York City. We'll all be back again tomorrow morning at 6. Bernie and Sid. Peace. Peace. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GaboLaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.